Oh, that tastes sweet. The sweet taste of success. That's right. We are the champions. Australia defeat India, winning our sixth. That's right, sixth ODI World Cup. Was it Australia's best ever World Cup win? Some people are saying so, given the conditions, uh, given the run of form that the Indian team had running into the final. And is there anything more satisfying than an almighty choke from this Indian team? Or possibly the week that followed with uh, salty tears flowing out just like the flowing river Ganges that ensued this week. We'll look back at the semis. We'll look back at the final. We'll talk about Cummins' gutsy decision to bowl first, that immaculate knock from Travis Head, Zampa's receipts and more. We'll talk everything that was World Cup final. Bit of footy off-season, but uh, a, a bit of a big week in terms of the NRL. Jerome Luai has been offered a massive deal and Madge Maguire could be the next New South Wales Blues coach. AFL, quick look at the top picks in the draft, uh, plus NFL Turkey Day. The Packers upset the Lions. Deron Bland has a record, most defensive touchdowns in a season, and there was uh, the first ever game of football on Black Friday, our Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. NBA, the in-season tournament has taken shape. A uh, bit of soccer to talk about, the Socceroos bullying developing nations, <laughs> uh, Argentina and Brazil getting into biffs, and Everton uh in real strife, plus a quick final round, bit of boxing, a bit of mm-hmm. UFC to talk about. This is On The Esky, an Aussie sports podcast. We like our Aussie sports. We like our US sports. We like our world sport. We like to have a laugh and a dribble. We do have timestamps on the uh, on the podcast if you're watching on YouTube. You can skip to the sports that you like or just watch the whole damn thing uh, and check us out on the socials. We'd like to start the show by shouting a beer. Sean, mm-hmm. the man in the beautiful gold Australian kit uh, on my gold. left. Green on the right. That's right. Who would you like to shout a beer to start off today's show? I'm going with Nikita Zoo. Um, he defeated uh, Dylan Biggs during the week to win the Australian Super Welter White. Welter. Welter Weight. Not Walter, Walter White. Walter White. Heisenberg. <laughs> yes. Title. Uh, Jesse, we need to cook. Uh, got the, yeah. uh, well, he did cook in this one after getting knocked down in, in the first round. We just kind of woke him up a little bit. He did get his own uh, knockout to win in the fifth round, um, which is very impressive. It looks like he is now finished on Australian shores uh, and it looks like him and his brother Tim are aiming for, um, uh, uh, you know, he will – He'll be on the main card. Tim will be the the uh, the draw um, for the title fight there. But they're looking at something in Vegas, probably around March, which lines up with when the NRL is going to be there. Yeah, Do a lot of you know Australian flavor sport uh, in Vegas all at once. Uh, so that looks pretty impressive. But yeah, I think his record um, in Australia was pretty good. I think he had seven fights. That's just off the top of the dome. But mm-hmm. um, he's done all he needs to do here, and yeah, now he can. Uh, head over there with his brother in America and uh, chase those big, big titles and those big fights. Jeez, if they got the opening round the same week, you know, mm. imagine if they mm-hmm. got the Wednesday night or something and then yep. roll it into the Friday night yep. with the league, that would be exactly. uh, all time, wouldn't it? For any of the expats in the area or those that want to f- travel for yeah, it, you know, be a few. it adds a, just an, a, an extra thing that you can go and do while you're there. You know, you spend a whole week in Vegas, et cetera. Very good. I'll be shouting Damien Oliver, uh, a beer retiring at the the tender age of 51, one of Australia's uh, greatest jockeys of all time. Uh, his old man, Ray Oliver, uh, was also a jockey, tragically passed away when Damien was just three years of old. Didn't stop him from following in his father's footsteps. And uh, look, the rest is history, isn't it? Three-time Melbourne Cup winner. Uh, add to that four Caulfield Cups, two Cox Plates, 
Blue Diamond Stakes, Golden Slippers, 129 Group 1 winners. That's right, 129 Group 1 winners. Um, arguably the Tom Brady of uh, of jockeys, uh, given that he just keeps going and going mm-hmm. and going mm-hmm. and uh, has finally uh, hung up the boots at the age of 51. So enjoy your retirement, Damien Oliver, and uh, and thanks for the memories over a, uh, a 30-odd year um, uh, career in racing. Oh, yeah. Mop of the week. Uh, this is... An unusual back to one. Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> back to Vegas. Uh, we spoke about league and league often gets out our yeah. mops, but this one's going uh, to an organisation that's normally very well run. Yeah, I think it's probably F1's first uh, could mop be. on, yeah, on could the be. ESCI after uh, everything. Um, so, you know, going back to what I was just saying before about sports going to, to Vegas to, to try and build some um, you know, big time uh, promotion. Mm. F1 got their first race in Vegas Uh Last week mm-hmm. uh, for the, you know, well, it's not the first time they've raced in Vegas, but it's uh, the first first one, say, in a street circuit within Vegas down the strip. Yep. All very new. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, within nine minutes of on-track action, uh, they hadn't welded down or hadn't welded down uh, the drain covers well enough. Um, my understanding was it was a water valve-like cover. Mm. Um, so as the cars fly over it, there's plenty of aerodynamics and they essentially suck them up. Uh, broke off the little tack welds that were probably on it and pulled up a, a nice uh, big drain, which was, I don't know, probably a football size. Not not, yeah. not your New York manhole cover kind yeah, of drains. Um, Ghostbuster kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but more, so, but it was a nice big chunk and essentially Carlos Sainz um, was the unfortunate one to drive mm. over it. and it's Fucking dangerous, huh? Yeah, yes, and it ruled his entire car. Like you could yeah. see through the bottom of the car to the road. Like it took a huge hole out of it, destroyed his floor, ruined the gearbox, the, you know, which has destroyed the motor. Like it did, I think they're saying $1.5 million worth of damage Jeez. to the car, which was a, which was a lot. Mm. Um, followed on from that. They've got to fix it, of course. Mm-hmm. So they, they slows everything down. Yeah, they red flag it. They spent, I think, um, I think they cancelled. They red flagged that event. They spent like two or three hours trying to get it right, and then they ran for free practice two uh, at two thirty in the morning Vegas mm-hmm. time. So all the fans that hanged around, they kicked mm-hmm. them out at one thirty. Yeah, said so it was. So it wasn't safe for, you know, they didn't have the officials, wasn't safe enough to have friends there. So, you know, people that are probably paid tickets that could only go to day one, which mm. had the um, you know, free practice one and two, and um, they essentially get kicked out, you know, don't get any refunds of their tickets. They get $200 that they can spend at merchandise mm. if they want to go get some F1 merchandise, which is probably over, <laughs> over expensive anyway. Yeah. Um, $200, you get a cap. Yeah, exactly. So it was uh, a Big shit show from that end and then the following day because in the regulations I think they have to have 18 hours between races. Uh, yeah, FP, yeah, free practice two and free practice three. Mm. Essentially gives the teams, you know, like Ferrari a chance to then repair that car and the ability. So then that pushes uh, free practice three to very late again. I think it was almost midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, <laughs> by the time they had qualifying, it was very, very late. Mm. And then, of course, the race itself didn't start till to 10. Um, so overall, the leading up to it was a bit of bit of a shit show. You know, fresh track, I guess, a bit of a part of that. Um, but it ended up being, you know, pretty bad, especially considering everything was largely over midnight until the actual race came. So mm. for anyone local there, that was or anyone trying to get to it, it was a not an event really for spectators. And a lot of those um, crowds, so they were down on crowds nearly across the whole weekend, but. 
those crowds that did turn out we really couldn't get uh, you know involved in those first couple of days until the actual race happened and then that had, that was better because they had heaps of slabs etc and um, we'll talk about that race um, towards the end but yeah it was a bit of a shit show getting up to that point it's a bit of a shame because you know a sort of more casual fan like myself is spent, very interested yeah, they in, spent in this half Vegas a billion race. Dollars yeah, to set it up. yeah, and because couldn't quite get it right. Yeah, but learning experience, I'm sure they'll have those yeah. uh, oh, those good. drains okay. welded down well and truly for next year. And uh, the event, the spectacle, did look uh, like a fair bit of fun. So yeah, hopefully the race that, itself was excellent. Hopefully they'll work out their yeah, we'll uh, their teething later. issues and uh, take this mop uh, from from an Australian yeah. podcast uh, very seriously. All right, something that we take very seriously. That's mm-hmm. our cricket. Let's Ooh, yeah. go. Quick semantics to get through uh, the semi-finals. Watching this India demolition job of New Zealand was very concerning for mm-hmm. Australian and South Africa viewers. Uh, they won by seventy runs there at the one KD, but the, the the scoreboard probably didn't reflect how one sided this game was. Uh, India four for three hundred and ninety seven. Rohit Sharma went out with a bang, quick five forty seven. Shubman Gill uh, pretty quick eighty, and Virat Kohli. We uh, we do love to hate the man, but credit where credit's due. Seven hundred and eleven runs going into um, the final. He had another fifty four. Four in the final, so mm-hmm. by far and away the, the most runs ever in a in a World Cup. Yep. Uh, Seven sixty five, I believe, if my, my mass is any good. Um, he had one hundred and seventeen in this one. He's just been dominant throughout the entire World Cup, and uh, that record's probably going to be pretty hard to beat. Uh, given the old record was uh, another Indian goat in Sachin Tendulkar with yeah. six seven three. So uh, credit to uh, to Virat uh, on the outstanding. Um, uh, series that he had. Shreyas Iyer was very good in this one, 105. Uh, his his previous four knocks before that were 105, 128 knots, 77, 82. was in all sorts of form uh, going into this semi-final. Mm. And just the way that they played the game, just showing no respect to the New Zealand quicks uh, and just going after him real early uh, and and getting close to 400 in a semi-final, uh, a pretty good effort there. Do, do you think uh – uh, a slow pitch that have been had two previous games played on it had a factor in that at all. Yeah, the, I don't know. The, the the deck did look pretty slow in this one. It was also really nice batting conditions compared to our semi final, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, it just does show what this team India can do when they're completely. On, yeah. 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 And uh, the New Zealand bowling attack didn't have any answers. One bloke that showed a bit of resistance was Daryl Mitchell with his 134. And then uh, Mo Shami just absolutely cleaned him up. 7 for 57. The best figures by an Indian in World Cup history. Mm -hmm. And if you are wondering, the best ever... Seven for fifteen for the great Glenn McGrath mm-hmm. against the powerhouse Namibia back in uh, back in oh three. That's pretty impressive. Um, what Sharma did against, let's say, a very quality competition mm. here in the New Zealand side. Yes, indeed. Um, New Zealand with a bat as well didn't. Uh, you know they they can hold their heads high, making three. Gave it a go. Yeah, three three twenty seven in a run chase. You know when you when you're having to, to essentially chase down a record in a World Cup, uh, incredible. Most of mm. that off off the back of Daryl Mitchell, yep. but Kane Williamson also pretty handy. Glenn Phillips pretty good. Um, they they just their 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 bottom water didn't show much resistance. Uh, Shami yeah. um, got on got on a bit of a roll and uh, and uh, India ended up winning the game by seventy runs. Semi-final two, and geez, it was 
fun viewing for us Aussies. Uh, real overcast conditions mm-hmm. there at Eden Gardens. Uh, the ball was absolutely hooping around. We got off to the best start imaginable. Uh, yeah. Four for yeah. 24 before yep. uh, before the rain came in. Uh, knocking off uh, De Kock, Bavuma, Van der Dusen and Markram. And then a nice little fight back uh, from David Miller and Henrik Klaassen uh, getting the Saffirs to 212. Yeah, I think that little break probably helped them kind of yeah. settle them down. I was like, oh, all right, we're in a bit of a tough uphill battle from here. So, but, con- you know, settle them in. Well, the conditions seemed to change a little bit too. The yeah. ball just wasn't going sideways yeah. uh, as it was beforehand. David it's Miller, who's got a very, he's got a really good record against uh, against Australia. Uh, pretty handy cricketer in his, uh, his own right. How about some of these uh, bowling figures? You love to see it. Josh Hazelwood, two for 12, three maidens, eight mm-hmm. overs. Mm-hmm. Mitch Stark, three for 34 of his 10. And uh, the man, the man of the moment, Travis Head, can do it with the ball too. Two for 21. He, uh, he did top score in the Australian run chase Ooh, with yeah. 62. few runs from Inglis, Cummins and Stark. Gets us through to the final that probably we wanted. Definitely yes. the informed mm-hmm. team or the heating mm-hmm. up team with Australia. Um, you know, lost our first two games, including to, you know, those other um, semi-finalists um, in in South Africa and, uh, and India. Yep. Uh, Quality competition though. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, and... Maybe the the final that a lot of people wanted to see, mm-hmm. uh, arguably the best ODI team ever assembled on on paper in, in the Indians and yeah. uh, and coming up against our our boys in green and gold who are just renowned for for winning games when, when it counts. Man. Oh yeah, uh, we've got to talk about uh, the you know all, all the stuff that's happened this week and mm-hmm. you know the best team didn't win and a lot of that rhetoric well, i think you said it you've already kind of said it you know they were probably the best team on paper mm. but you know, <laughs> that's why these matches aren't played on paper no uh, and uh, you know it's who when you is it only <laughs> the sorry i'm having a tongue tongue tied here mm. um can't get the words out yeah, you're, you're yeah, so, yeah. You're so i'm fired so up. passionate about our australia one uh but winning when it matters yeah. is is really the point of why we play finals. And uh, there's no point to say that, oh, India are the better team on paper, they got the better stats statistically, let's call it a day there. They had a better World Cup. Yeah, it's it's more, you know, these have two teams have worked their way there. They've been the two best in the tournament so far. Uh, let's uh, see if, um, you know, Australia can catch up, do the chasing they need to and get the win here. So... Uh, and which is what they did, and I think that's that's the reason why you why you did it. And I love love the whinging, and now they can all go join um, Piers Morgan. The Poms is very English esque response, oh, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Uh, Muhammad Kaif, I can never accept that the best team has won the World Cup. The Indian team is the best on paper. Um, there was a, a fair bit of uh, you know other people getting the the air quotes. You know, uh, former former Indian cricketer Ambadi Rayudu. I think even a normal surface would have done uh, well because we were way stronger than the Australian side. Uh, you just got to take your licks, boys. Yeah, I'm going to take your fucking licks. <laughs> but even like on that, is you know the, the BCCI is set it, set it up. They had the pitch they wanted. Allegedly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Honestly, had to inter- well, they had to intervene. Yes. I've read in that um, mm. not letting the the BCCI just run with whatever whatever decks they want. So, yeah. despite yeah, home field ev- everything, a, yeah. a sea of of blue, yeah. one hundred twenty thousand. So, some questions asked about um uh, about the Rohit's um, coin tossing ability as well, and the, and the way he was. Uh, 
you know, tossing the coin and uh, winning a lot of those coin tosses. So a lot of questions about being asked, but I, uh, when I saw Patrick Cummins had, had won the coin toss, I was like, oh, you might be in here. <laughs> well, and then he elected to bowl. And yes. at the time I thought, oh, fuck, that's a bit scary mm-hmm. uh, given what we just spoke about in the in the mm-hmm. semifinal and, and what that Indian top order is able to do. Yeah. But a lot of thought obviously went into it. And, yeah, uh, I think f- in hindsight, well, not in hindsight, from what we've heard post um, and their reasoning, they've, They'd really looked into it. They really, you know, had a deep discussion about what they thought the pitch was going to do, yep. and just an absolute masterclass. They were 100 right on what it was going to do, and they played it really, really well. I think I was listening to um, Ashwin talk about how they set a very um, left-sided field, which is not something mm. you see a lot because um, you know you can re- leak a lot of fours if you don't get it wrong. Mm. But they stuck to that plan. They were very tactical in it, and it really dried up um, their run rate. Uh, and I think they went. Well over an hour without um, scoring a boundary, yeah. so which is very impressive. Because I think at the time it was Coley and um, Rahul. Rahul were in, so guys they can definitely score runs. So the, the Indians hit thirteen boundaries the whole innings. Yeah, Travis had hit more himself. So wild, hey. Yeah, um, a few stats on chasing teams. That's mm-hmm. seven white ball World Cup finals in a row where the chasing team has won, albeit one asterisk with with England and New Zealand. Yep. That includes three ODI and four T20 World Cups. And the last two mm-hmm. IPL finals have also been won by the chasing team at Ahmedabad. Um, that is per Alex Malcolm uh, from ESPN Crick Info who spoke on the grade cricketer. You might have heard of it. Uh, so hopefully he's got the stats right because I've just fucking pilfered him off <laughs> him. But very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Uh, whilst we're all kind of sweating a little bit at home and uh, the sweating certainly um, – was eased a little bit when, when Shubman Gill was dismissed yeah, um, for just four. Uh, I don't want to think he's uh, – I don't think they've scapegoated him too much, but he had, didn't have a really good tournament. Um, no, he didn't, but he's also of, – of, of, of the 11, like mm. he was the one they point out, that struggled um, a fair bit throughout. Uh, and I think Yadif was probably the other one that they um, – from what I've seen that they were picking on, you know, giving very low scores of how they did this tournament – um, you know, rating him like a two out of ten kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, um, when they needed to, they did their role well enough and throughout some of those games. It's just when they needed them most, they didn't stand up. Pretty stiff, I reckon. Like Shubman Gill, three hundred fifty four runs in the tournament at forty four. Didn't get a hundred, striking yeah. at one hundred and seven. Um, look, not a bad World Cup. Yeah, not a bad World Cup. Wouldn't mind averaging forty four in yeah. uh, you know third grade Sunday social. Uh, if definitely, I'm being definitely. honest. Yeah, I think the biggest issue was he got four on this and that's, you know, Reese's as he bias, that's all I remember it for. Sky, on the other hand, had a shit tournament. Yeah. Yeah, he was was quite ordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a bloke that ha- made a lot of starts mm-hmm. and looked like could he could score, you know, a mm-hmm. world record 260-odd mm-hmm. in any of the innings when he, when he was starting off was their captain, Rohit Sharma. Yep. And he just would set the intent, the same sort of thing in the, in the New Zealand game, uh, but a massive wicket when uh, when we got him a uh, really good catch actually from from Travis Head off Glenn Maxwell yep. who was understated with his mm-hmm. uh, right arm offies. Yeah, he bowled really well this tournament. So two for seventy six. That's still India with a power play. You know, going at eight and over. Yeah, well they were uh, eighty off the first ten. Mm. So you know they're looking at four hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm just doing the quick math for everyone. Quick math, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. T- but turning, no, aiming at 400, you know. like yeah. they, they're on, on that right track. Yeah, but then they get those, um, uh, you know, follow that with quick wickets and then they were, what did they know? They were three down with 80, when, uh, 84 or something. Yeah, when Shreyas I went, that's when the momentum started to shift mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, Coley's still out there. 
Rahul's come in. Rahul's come in, but you just started to think, oh, these blokes are human. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, I think they played, you know, like they wanted to get an innings going. They knew they had to hang around for, for most of those innings, mm. um, try, get the, keep the, the, the score ticking over as much as they could. But I feel like they just never got out of that mode and they really, have, maybe after 10, 15 overs, probably should have kicked it up a gear. But instead they just kind of kept it going, just kept going. And then, yeah, the overs started ticking down, the minutes were ticking over and you're like, they're not scoring really quickly at all. They're looking at a pretty low total that we can, you know, in comparison to, you know, 300 probably being par uh, in this tournament that, yeah, we have definitely within a chance here of chasing down something that we can very much get after. And if one was to nitpick, and nitpick we will, yes. uh, Kale Rahul scoring that 66, striking at 61. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, they needed to sort of steady, Stable, steady yeah. the ship a little bit, but he started to chew up a lot of balls, probably didn't rotate the strike yeah. as, as well as he could have. Um, and that was really those middle overs that we definitively won. Um, yeah. And a lot of that's got to go down to the captain, yep. Pat, Pat Cummins. He uh, bowled really well without that, that phase as well. Um, bowled his arse out, two for 34 from his 10. Um, we've seen him in the IPL be quite expensive mm. in the last few tournaments. Oh, yep. Yep. And I he really just, a like to just saved his saved his best for last here. So so shout out to the skipper, uh, Captain Planet. He absolutely yeah, – 3.4 economy and he bowled nearly that whole middle period to Virad and uh, Rahul. Like uh, give him big props for that. It was And well, how, how's this column right here? Zero boundaries. Mm-hmm. You, you bowl 60 balls mm-hmm. at, at mm-hmm. Coley and Rahul and the like and uh, – and you don't get hit to the to the fence. Uh, an, an, a mammoth effort from uh, from Captain Blue Eyes. Yeah, but having said that, you, maybe we could the the reason they batted so slowly is well when Rahul got out, um, you follow well when when Virat and Rahul got out because they got out um, very similar. Like you could see they didn't really have anything to follow it. Jadeja did nothing really. Yep. Yadav nothing, and then you're into the bowlers, and they they're not really going to. Um, wag too much um, the Indian tail end. It was uh, it was incredible. I think when 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 Coley went, that was about thirty sixth over. Mm-hmm. That's when the, the game really started to, started to shift. Yeah. Rahul was struggling out there. Jadeja didn't do much, like you said. Sky yeah. didn't do much. Uh, that's when we you started to think, oh, okay, well, both teams have got a bat on this, but this is pretty much going yeah. as well as it can yeah. for, that, for the Aussies. That was a point where we. You really want them to kick on and then um, try to really take the, the score over, but they just didn't have the wickets in hand well, and the batting quality to follow it. So, Shout out to Zorb, Adam Zampa, one for 44. Not mm-hmm. the amazing figures. Uh, he only got hit for one boundary, but uh, was was our best bowler in the tournament in yep. terms of uh, wicket taking. Uh, a massive effort for for a, a, a leg spinner to bowl as well as he did and when Ashton Agar went down just before the World Cup was going to be our only spinner yeah, in the yeah. squad, which was we kind of were scratching our heads at at, mm-hmm. the, at the start mm-hmm. of the tournament. Uh, so, so he had an absolute uh, worldly tournament. Yeah, but then also, you know, credit the job that, say, Maxwell did in there. Huge. He, even, even like Travis, Travis Head, Head. For filling in. Yep, yep. Like you look at Travis Head and Mitchell Martz, they filled in for two overs each, but, you know, four and five off their two. Like, yeah, went for nine off, off their you four You think overs. as part-timers that the, the batsmen might want to uh, take that after them, but they, are, yeah, obviously were in a bit of struggle town and um, uh, it, it kind of ref- – like, well, it reflected in the score, reflected in the result. So having, having said that, I thought the Australians on the other flip side of it um, also kind of had a bit of a wobbles to start. Oh, 100%. <laughs> the first, Warner could have been caught first ball. He ended up going in the, in the second over. Uh, seven off three. You don't see, yeah, see that yeah. as a as a, 
uh, numbers next to your name very often, but uh, enter Travis Head, and we just have we can't speak highly enough of of this man. Yeah. Um, the the way that he mm-hmm. has stepped up in in big games time and time and time after get uh, again um, one of the all time innings. Yeah, and also you go. Give a bit more context. Context. Mitch Marsh got Ma- out. Marsh Steve, straight away. Steve Smith, Smith got out very quickly. I think big props to Manus. Kind of did enough to you know keep the score ticking over, but essentially playing second fiddle, um, staying down the other end, not getting out, just so Travers could could put in the work and get them there. Uh, because uh, you know if Manus goes quickly, Travers probably can't bat as is you know, yeah. as aggressively as he wants to. So you know I think once Manus got it in, they they got set. This is probably what uh, Virat and Rahul should have done. Mm. One of them needed to kick on, and yeah, in this one, case, yeah, one had to go. Yeah, and in this case, Head did the job and um, knew what he wanted to do. And like we said, he had um, nineteen boundaries, which was more than the entire Indian squad had. It's uh, it's been interesting. A few of these partnerships, the the obviously this wasn't Maxwell and Cummins, yep. but the roles were were, yeah. were were similar in that one was a, a, an aggressor and one was was knocking it around yeah. and uh, and a nice supporting knock there from Manus. So a lot who, of people who, who himself had a pretty average tournament. Like there were questions as like, are we picking Manus purely in the final? Because he's fielding. Fielding. We spoke about it. We spoke about it and I think really the only – One of the top five batsmen as well. He's in the team because he's fielding. (laughs) Well, top five in red ball cricket. Yeah. His uh, recent form had not not great in the white ball. But, well, in the tournament, leading up to the tournament was excellent. In the tournament, not so. But I think there's a good argument to – He's still a talented batsman. But also to suggest if if Marcus Stoinis had been playing better cricket, Marnus, Labish, Shane wouldn't have been in the side. Maybe, maybe. Regardless, excellent uh, supporting knock, and uh, this this innings from from Travis Head just the, the full arsenal of the shots. Yeah, oh, you know, you, look at, you looked at his wagon wheel from it. He, he was he was pulling, he was mm-hmm. cutting, he was mm-hmm. playing the delicate late cuts, lofted drives, the slog sweep, uh, yeah. getting after the spinners. It was it was uh, an absolute innings for the age. Oh, definitely, and I would join you know all time greats, Ponting um, yeah, and Gilchrist, Gilchrist. getting hundreds in World Cup finals. So. Pretty handy company. Uh, didn't get to hit the winning runs. No. Got out and uh, Maxi got to do it. Uh, and cue uh, the sound of silence. How yes. fucking well, how fucking quiet was it in that in that and in, I, that, I, in that stadium? And going back, like if that was during the Indian innings, one that batting, and I wonder if that played a part in it a little bit as well. For there was no, you know, on for no energy. There's nothing for say Colin Rahul to kind of feed off to get in. And I want to make the point with the. You know, Manus and the team were talking about fielding. Australians did field really fucking well. So well. <laughs> in, in both the final and the semi-final. Yeah, they, they, the reason they didn't have boundaries is because they were diving, cutting everything off. The ring fielding really, was excellent. Yeah. The boundary fielding was excellent. Took yeah. all our catches, yep. you know, catches yep. win matches, yada, yada. But yep. there was a few difficult Limited ones all the mistakes, in the Indian so. innings. Running back, always hard. Travis head. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, added all of that in it. Really had the, the crowd over 100,000 silent. You know, while the Indians were batting, and then incredible, yeah, they they're, they're a bit vocal at the start of the Australian innings, but as Manus and Travis Head start going quiet again, yeah, and you know, considering the entire stadium's wearing blue, um, they really they, you know, they when I don't know, maybe it's an Australian thing, you know, you the bit of the underdog when your team's down, you start getting your cheery, you're trying to egg them on because cheering works um, to get get them over the line, but. Whether whether the Indians really um, didn't push that kind of, or it's or it's have, almost have like the, the, their fans mm-hmm. are, are so passionate that 
when they're when, when they're shell shocked, maybe when, exactly thing. when they're not on top, it's almost detrimental. When they are on top so, and they're going berserk, dancing, and, and, for, yeah. and you're like, oh, well, how yeah. can we win in, in this environment? Oh yeah. Exactly. Whereas with us, you know, half the half the stands at the bar, yeah. and we yeah. don't really get the flag waving yeah. and music, and you know the the extreme highs, yes. but I feel like there isn't that extreme low, you know, no, there's when, a, there's when, a when Coley chops yeah. on and you can hear a pin drop in in a, in a stadium of 100,000 yeah. people. Oh, yeah. So we're World Cup champs. Um, what do, what do you, uh, you think about the celebrations? Uh, so in, in terms of? Oh, there's a few things. Um, Mitch Marsh feet on the cup. Up, yeah. 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 A um, few dogged handshakes. Yeah, all, all that kind of rhetoric coming out. What, what do you think of that? It's an age of uh, cell phones and social media yeah, and true, all the rest true. of it. I didn't think, for me, as an Australian, maybe mm. I'm a little bit biased, I didn't think there was anything that was too on the nose no. in terms of celebrations. Well, the feet One on the trophy. Back to, things back to Warney and stumps in the air yeah, and yeah. a bit of carry on. They just won a World Cup. Yeah. And the spoils go to the victor. So yes. yeah, I think they're a little bit of leeway to, to do what they want. I, I actually think some of it was pretty cool. Fucking funny. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Did like uh, Travis Head and his uh, and his speed dealers and yes. having a pretty good time. You've just won the World Cup, yeah. surely. And that surely you can let the hair down for a few days yeah. before you got to go into a questionably pointless. Uh, well, that, one way. That's probably the segue because everyone, everyone was talking about can Travis Head pull up after a week long bender to go into a t- into a two. It wasn't a week. It was uh, three and a half days. <laughs> three and a half days. Um, and, you know, look at him getting off the plane. It looked like he'd been on the bender that entire time mm. uh, and then go straight into a T20 series. But luckily they rested him for the first Put game. the feet up, mate. <laughs> yeah. Put the feet up. And I think tonight, uh, given the weather that I've seen, the mm. ball, everyone might be putting their feet up mm. for, for the second game. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series? So four, four nights post-World mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Cup final, mm-hmm. the same two teams have got to field close to entirely different Squads, especially the Indians, yep. um, in a, in my opinion, pretty pointless T um, Twenty series. But then, having said that, they also played a one day international series before the World Cup. After the <laughs> before the World Cup, it's warm up. That's, yeah, you, I, I, I gone from playing red true, ball cricket. I, you want to go warm up? We played yeah. against South Africa. I I can completely justify that. Yeah, I, I, get, I get it. Um, I just wanted to bring it up because the Indians forget that we won that series before the World Cup. So. In India, (laughs) that's that's practice for me. Like I think it's practice. This is you've just sat your final exam and yeah, you're meant to be on school holidays and the teachers called you back on Monday to do a subject that doesn't really mean that much. Yeah, this kind of take of of that what you will. um, Which subject I'm talking about? Yeah, well, it's just it's all money. Like they've. Yeah, that's it. that's the <laughs> short. That's the answer. Yeah. That that is the correct answer. Yeah. How do we get India to play more games? Uh, what do you guys want to hang around and um, play? Us? Like, yeah, sure, we'll play here for a couple of games and then, yeah. All to me is is just like they've got stadiums. There's nothing really going on now until December. You know, they fit it in. Most of the guys in the squad are kind of there already. And um, yeah. we are playing Test cricket in three and a half weeks. Yep. No, two and a two and a half weeks. Yes. Having said that, I think we're. We're playing Pakistan at home. I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. If we if this was leading into an Ashes, I would be right. Oh, yeah, it'd be different. We'd probably be Australia A would be playing, but um, yeah, which is what India is doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's for me. It just feels like filler. Yeah. 
All killer, no filler. Uh, first T20 at Vizak Apatnam. I've put mm-hmm. these down because I want to try and say a few of these. Uh, they're not regular venues. Mm-hmm. Also speaks into mm-hmm. what maybe this series means. Uh, Sky was the only player from the Indian team uh, to feature in this one. He was pretty good. Did just mention he had an absolute stinker uh, of a World Cup, but his T20 form is impeccable. He's actually the only player – I saw this on uh, ESPN Mm -hmm. Quick Info – only player in T20 international history to Mm -hmm. have over a 1,000 runs, Mm -hmm. strike at over 150 and Mm -hmm. average over 40. Big questions as to why Sky isn't able to translate that into his ODI game, especially at home. Uh, I don't know if game situations is, are getting the worst of him. He's never really getting I, a picket at the top of the order. I did see some people with thinking and looking and go back to, say, India and Australia kind of making it that um, their way through to the final and the kind of way they played that one-day cricket is maybe closer to test cricket than it is to T20 cricket. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 You know, the tactics and the way they kind of play maybe leads to sli- – because it is a slightly longer format that it, that it is more like you're playing – you each get a you know you know day and a half like two sessions kind of of cricket to score as much as you can. So. Well, when you look at our ODI team, mm. that speaks volumes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty fucking close to our our test team. Yes. plus Maxwell. Yes, and you'd say and and the, spin, and the spin and the is different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good little point. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he's very good. He won mm-hmm. in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made eighty of forty two. Uh, we did just harp on about how pointless this series was, but this game in itself as a standalone game was excellent. Yep. We went out and made three for 208, 130-run uh, partnership between Smudge and Inglis and have to talk about Josh Inglis, 110 off just 50 balls, yeah. his first international 100. Mm-hmm. Um, these were his previous high scores in uh, white ball international cricket. 48 in T20 and 58 in ODI. So good on you, Josh Inglis. We've been well, speaking yeah. about him on this podcast for quite some time. Receipts. Yeah. Check yeah. the Adam Zampa receipts. Mm-hmm. Um, we have yeah, been big Inglis fans. Yeah, and, you know, he, he got his chance in this tournament um, taking over – was it Alex? Gary was yeah, previous a, again, all, interesting. You, I'd like to know how many how many teams have won a World Cup and, and axe their keeper halfway yeah. through it. yeah. And, you know, English comes in and didn't really have to do too much, luckily. No, um, but he had to take catches. He, he took five to, in the in the final. In the yeah. final. Um, kept well. Mm. Um, it was actually pretty good. Uh, uh, got so They had plenty of appeals for stumpings. Like he had very quick glove work in that yep. final too. So I think he's been playing pretty well as a glove man. And we've seen he, what he can do in Australia um, with, he, with his hitting that we knew he could definitely play in the white ball format. But uh, he's... Um, you know, kind of proved it now that you know, 110 off 50 against the Indian B team, which is, you know, <laughs> still better than, than most of the other teams out there at England. Um, so uh, hey, I, I think he's got, got a big future. How, how old is Josh? I think he'd be pushing 30. And he'd be pretty – He's 28. 28. He'd yeah. be pretty similar age than Alex, isn't it? Yeah, I think Kerry might be a touch older. 31, I think. Yeah, let's have a look. Alex Carey, 32. Ooh, so he's yeah. actually three and a half years younger. Yeah. So D- there you, might be a, a little changing of the white ball guard, which we've seen. Just Arena, what he Healy to Gilchrist, yeah. uh, Gilchrist to Haddon kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, may, maybe Carey will, will have red ball um, gloves and, and English white ball gloves moving forward. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But yeah, hats off to the young man. Excellent innings. Uh, just wasn't quite enough for, for us to get the win. Yep. Take of that what you will. Mm-hmm. All right, second t- T20 tonight is at Thiruvannatharapuram. I'm sure that's how mm-hmm. you say that. Then Guwahati Raipur, Bengaluru, know that one. Mm-hmm. Interesting series. Maybe they're just trying to expose some of these smaller grounds, take yeah. the Indian cricket team. Both those that didn't at, get World Cup games maybe. Yeah, to you know say thank you and they still sell them out and make a bit yeah. of TV money for sure. Ooh, yeah. uh, but for mine. Did that, have they announced squads at all? Like the game might not go ahead, but uh, are we looking at a bit more full, more strength in the Australian and Indian squads? Let or? me have a look right now. Because that game's meant to start at 11.30 our time, so in about – Two and three, a half hours. Yeah, three hours. Second T20. Bear with us. We don't have our regular research, ma'am. Nah, it's probably probably need to be a bit closer yeah. uh, before we get before we get teams. Yeah. For, from everything that I've seen, um, it's that wet. Um, head Maxwell Zamper are all there, so yeah, May maybe. May feature. It depends on how sore those heads are. Maybe. Mm. He'll be right right now, you'd reckon, surely. Depends if they kicked on. Uh, We won. We won the World Cup. Mm -hmm. After watching those first few games, it was was worrying. And then the middle games, you know, a few few crazy. crazy, (laughs) I think it was probably the big one. Crazy innings uh, from Glenn Maxwell. That one will go down in history. Mm -hmm. Uh, We spoke about it last podcast. Probably the best ODI innings of all time. Yep. Um, and then just kept getting better and better and better. Uh, we've got up there, um, up on um, our, our left, yeah, uh, the, the the winning runs uh, from uh, 2015. Completely different circumstances, playing New Zealand at home. We got mm-hmm. off to a crazy mm-hmm. good start. Remember, you know, that stark ball to McCallum that skittled him in the first over. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- for mine, I, I think it, this one, 2023, in India, we know how hard it is to win in India. Mm-hmm. It may be the, the best Australian um, cricketing achievement, at least in white ball cricket uh, of all time. Yep. Also interesting to note that that uh, you won't see it on the on the coverage there, but it does have the teams from, from that 2015 mm-hmm. World Cup victory. Mm-hmm. Warner there, Smudge there, but uh, I think – a big part of this this team's success uh, was Hazelwood and Stark there. Cummins probably rehabbing uh, his yep. back back in That's those days. Think. But those three quicks that are in in Hazelwood, Stark, and Cummins, um, you know, to have done it in 2015, to have done it again in 2023, mm. to have been our frontline bowling attack for years in red ball cricket. Uh, I think that's that's where it all comes from. And uh, there's a little bloke who, in the middle order there who actually didn't get a bat in that 2015 World Cup final by the name of Glenn Maxwell, mm-hmm. who may be the purest hitter of a cricket ball that the world's ever seen. Yeah. So um, wasn't really required in either of these uh, World Cup finals, mm-hmm. uh, but we wouldn't have been in these World Cup finals if not for uh, Max's essence. 100%. All right, we're champs. See you later. Warner. Did you see his thing about hanging on? Like there's talk about Warner retiring from international cricket, but it's Red Bull, definite. And he's just like, uh, can't wait to do the next World Cup for his form. He should at least be thinking about the about T Twenty World Cup and the way that he's been playing in white ball cricket. um, He he should still be there. Yeah, 
And it, it I would love really depends on how long he wants to play. Like, and I would love him to give a big fuck you to all these armchair experts yeah. that have been calling for his head in all formats for the yeah. last few years. He had an outstanding tournament mm-hmm. um, and and a big reason, again, that, that we were there. Uh, let, let me get you some Warner numbers. Can you give uh, me an age on Warner as well? Because I think off the top of my head he's 37. So it'd be 41 for the next World Which Cup? is old. Which is old. Yeah. Uh, but he had 535 but runs a white ball specialist at, at about 49, striking at about 108 in in this one. Let me get you an exact age on Davey Warner. Maybe he's 36. You know he's 37. Stick with your gut. Back yourself. Just ago. just turn 37. 41 would be old. Mm-hmm. Look, he sh- yeah, he, he should keep going for the next few years in white ball cricket in my yeah. opinion. All right, that'll wrap us up. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks if you're watching this clip. Uh, I'm sure we will clip that bit. Uh, and we're going to get on to talk about some footy. Big talking point in the league this week was Jerome Luai has been offered $4.5 million over four years. That's $1.1 and change a year. To go to the West Tigers, Mm -hmm. they're trying to move on David Clemmer. Is that your understanding? Yeah, that's the reports that they've been shopping Clemmer around. who's on about 700 k a year. Of course, add a bit of room in the salary cap. Um, No takers yet. because we'll talk about the Bulldogs and Fenella Black in a second. You know, Bulldogs have been talked as one for Clem to go back there, um, whether good old Gus Gould wants to do that or not. Um, but, yeah, it looks like um, it got kind of all kicked off with Bradman Best, um, uh, I think, uh, you know, throwing out a, an Instagram post and showing uh, Luai, like a Luai with a – I think it was Luai post, a picture of him, and he put a Tigers with a – you know, look here emoji kind of thing because he just turned down a deal with the Tigers, like a big deal, to stay put at Newcastle, um, to, you know, for them for the foreseeable future. So they started kicking it off and then all the rumours that are coming out that the board had basically signed off on offering the deal. Um, they're pitching him, you know, he could be – might play six or they could put, put him in seven, essentially make him the chief playmaker anyway, as in you're going to lead this offence, um, we're going to build it around you. Um, offence. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Well, attack, attack, and we do watch a lot of NFL. Yes. It is this season. Yes, but but you know, as their playmaker in the sense, you build it around him. Um, has that connection with Benji, who I think mm-hmm. did. Uh, I can't remember what the series he coached him under because um, he wasn't some Owen coach. Um, was it Mary? I can't remember. Uh, but he had coached Luai um, in the past, and then they got a few. Obviously, a big connection with Appy. Yeah, and then of course they've got a few Penrith players. Um, Appy's down, I think. Is it Steins? The other ones? Uh, Charlie Steins. Yeah, Steins. Steins yeah. is the one. Yes, come across. So there's a few Penrith guys floating around. Appy's, of course, a big one. Um, you know, the two of them. Uh, so yeah, it looks like it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to, you know, turn down um, reasonable money from Penrith and sign a massive deal uh, to go to the Tigers. It's interesting because the Tigers did go out and sign Aiden Caesar, uh, former Canberra Raiders. I'm pretty sure back. I saw them signing. They bought, saw um, Blake Austin as well. Yeah, as, uh, as depth so. and Bud Sullivan, uh, Jaden Sullivan. Uh, yep. I, as a Dragons fan, saw a lot of. Yep. I can't imagine they offered them big contracts. So no. you know, if they if they miss out, essentially, at a, you know, we've got some depth of guys that can challenge for. But a they, don't spot. Dro- they don't have a Jerome. They don't have a No, exactly. They haven't got a guy that's won premierships and played. Buckloads origins, so yeah. Well, and that goes into what I would think. If you're Jerome Law, you've already three-peated. Yep. You don't have anything to prove, uh, I don't think, from an from an NRL 
perspective, yeah. maybe as Blues fan would have liked to have seen a, f- a few more Blues wins. wins yeah. uh, you got to think of your family. That's a lot of money. It's probably more than but, well, it's, than anyone it's else. It's rumored over a mil more than what Penrith offered him. Yeah, over the lifetime of the deal. So. Which is a lot of money for a guy that's what is he twenty six, twenty seven? So like, yeah, this is probably his big contract. Yep. Um, you know, in his prime. Uh, and yeah, I'm happy. If, well, I have to say that you know, if you're that kind of age and you're in your kind of prime, yeah, twenty six. Um, capitalize on that because that'll take him through to thirty, and he might get one other deal after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And you, you you never know what that kind of looks like in four years. How how your body um, puts up within that four years of NRL. So um, I'm more than happy for the capitalize. I think when people look at it and look at the media, they'll go, Tiger's probably paying a little bit overs to to get him. Can he play without Cleary? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, it's a bad team, rookie head coach, when they're probably going to lose a fuckload of games next mm, year. Yep. Are they going to go, is he the one, one million plus dude that so he's worth? There's a lot of cons which, there Which well. happens elsewhere. You know, Ben Hunt's been through this. Uh, Milford been through that at Brisbane. No, we're, we're not a complete <laughs> shit show, mate. <laughs> You got a major sponsor this week, so I say facetiously as a Dragons <laughs> fan. Uh, so there's a lot of pros there. The, the money, yeah. b- being the the head honcho, yes, I suppose that connection uh, with his good mate Appy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also a few cons there, and yeah. and it would what a what an opportunity for Jerome Luai to mm-hmm. to oh, give a big fuck you to to the haters as well mm-hmm. if he was to go there mm-hmm. and at least the Chiefs. I'm not saying they're going to go out there and win it. Chomp. Make the top eight. Make the top eight. Yeah. yeah, that's a start. Not get the spoon. Yeah, not get the spoon. Not, like little little improvements. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure West Tigers uh, diehards would would appreciate that. Oh yeah, definitely. So it's obviously it's up to him. Uh, I think I know what I would be doing with with that kind of offer on the yeah. table, having won as much as he had yeah. uh, with with the Panthers already. Yeah, like. Yeah, so it's the situation matters. If he's Latrell at 22, yeah, maybe he stays put for another four years. Because mm. then, you know, he'll come around at 26, still be in that kind of same position to yep. have a chance for a deal like this. But, you know, where he is now, if what th- he's already complete, completed, yeah, get what you can while you can get it. If you're 29 and you've never won a comp yeah, and Penrith's offering you half and, they ha- you know, yeah. this is what I'm talking about in, in terms of legacy and money. That's the question. He's playing six for Penrith. <laughs> Well, if he goes, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, it's going to be a future Penrith problem. And mm-hmm. the way that they're June is – and oh, yeah. they'll, sure, they'll find someone. <laughs> I'm sure they'll find someone yeah. and make him awesome. Yes, yeah. I think playing next to Nathan Cleary, you probably have it pretty straightforward. Adam Fanua Blake uh, kind of entered the chat a few weeks ago saying he wanted to release from the yep. Warriors. Then he said, no, I'm committed to the Warriors for 2024. After that off-contract – Likely will return to Sydney. Yep. Uh, a few other teams have put their hats in the ring. Yeah, uh, I think I think last time we talked, Dragons were the super keen one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bulldogs and Tigers entered that uh, over the week, um, over the last week. Um, there was you know pitches taking a Fenua and Gus having having lunch, as they do. Um, and then even the Titans entered the chat today, saying you know they're interested. But um, I think he said his preference is Sydney and going going um, back to Sydney. Um, Family circumstances yeah. there, I, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So uh, at the moment, it's probably those those three clubs: um, uh, Bulldogs, ti- Tigers, and Dragons. That have probably the most room to be able to spend on a, on a prop at the moment, um, and, and spend decent money too. So. I really hope the Dragons go hard mm-hmm. after him. 
Another player that the Dragons may go hard after is Tom Dearden. Uh, he's off contract uh, after 2024. Yeah, had a bit of a down year last year. Um, Cowboys had a bit of a down year. Yeah, overall, and also set the bar very high with yes. his 2022 season. Yes. At the start of 2022, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, myself included, were mm-hmm. kind of like, who is Tom Dearden? Yeah, but he's st- you know, still a young fellow. He's played at Brisbane. and He's so young, dude. Yeah, and he can uh, still, like, we're just, talk- we're just talking about a 22-year-old who's mm. already played – um, 18th man and we played a little bit of origin as well in there um, has played seven at some premier clubs with guys that have played uh, seven themselves really really well I believe he played six at Cowboys but you know JT's there helping them out um, and you know you had Darren and um, the Walters you know, helping him out of Brisbane. Pretty, pretty handy names yeah to, exactly to learn, under. to learn under so it's but my understanding is he's off contract with the Cowboys and if the Cowboys aren't interested in keeping him around Dragon said he's they're keen you know, come plays next to, to Hunt for a couple of years. Um, probably take over from Hunt if Hunt wants to go elsewhere. That also means re-signing Hunt if, yes. if, yeah. um, if that's to happen. Yeah, or at least this season, you know, or, mm. or, or next season. Like get a year under Hunt, take over as the long-term seven for the Dragons going forward. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is news as of today. Kurt Capewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediate switch going over to the Warriors. Three-year deal. Uh, yeah. I don't. I can't. I don't think I've seen anything official yet, but it's been filtered around like it, it's looking done deal. Um, the Brisbane just can't afford to pay him anymore. With they re-upped uh, Ricky and Panera, I think during the week. Um, you know, often them big deals. They've got to up uh, Ezra and I think Walsh as well. Like they've they're, they're lots of people need money. Yeah, and Kurt's the the old veteran essentially in the team now. Um, I believe he's their captain though. So you know. Prison captain and median switch uh, to go over to join um, the Warriors, which I think is a great get for the Warriors. Um, I think he's still a really good player. Um, you know, he might not have the most X factor, but he's very consistent. He's got the same ceiling and floor. Like, you know what you're getting out of him and he's a quality player. Everything I can see is nothing official. So Warriors are reported to yeah, – He was he was photographed with um, yeah. their president. He's toured their facilities. Like he's he, in Auckland. He's met like, with Webster. Like it's looking like he's in New Zealand um, to sort his deal out. Looks like so. a done deal but not official just yet. Correct. Something that is official is uh, Madge McGuire will not coach mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the the Kiwis moving forward, uh, which – Everyone kind of equates to Madge will coach the Blues. Yeah, because uh, I think forward. they were saying like a, a couple of weeks ago that he was staying. Like after they won that Pacific Championship, like he'd, um, he's done the job, like he, he's he got a contract. They're thinking of extending him. Uh, he wants to do it. But essentially he said, um, uh, I'm going to step down, I'm going to quit, uh, which kind of you put two and two together. Sounds like he's probably going to get offered that New South Wales job um, and be the, the next uh, coach uh, for them instead of Roger. Don't hate it as a blues man. Uh, oh, as a Queensland, I love it. So I'll take that. But well, we've the, been over it. They don't have a lot of great options. There's so. worse options. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, um, that's whether they go with uh, with a rookie. Um, but uh, the problem is they can't really have none of those kind of coaches coming out at the moment that have New South Wales flavour um, experience winning in New South Wales because you know there's basically ten years of dominance for Queensland. So. Mm. You know, give it a, a couple more years and you'll have more guys that actually uh, were successful in winning Origin that you can hang your hat on and say, yeah, they've got got the, got the quality. It's a premiership winning coach. Yeah. Like I'm, I, uh, if, if, if it does go through and it seems like it's all 
Well, more than likely. Um, mm. I don't think it's the worst worst option oh, no. for, for the Blues. In fact, I think it's a pretty handy one. So, yeah, I think recently he's been helping out with the Raiders and, of course, doing the New Zealand job. Mm. We'll see if it does actually eventuate uh, and we'll see see what happens uh, moving forward um, with, with these big um, uh, yeah. offers uh, getting thrown around. Question for you. What do you think about that pattern of essentially we've just talked about the three probably worst teams in the NRL or fighting over the top talent? You have to do it. You you, yeah. you have a salary cap, and mm. these you know teams salary caps have opened. They've probably up. got the room because they've moved. Of course, on Luke some Bro- guys. Yeah, well, Luke <laughs> Brooks goes, and that yeah. opens up a lot of money for the Tigers, the Dragons. Outside of Ben Hunt, I don't know really who. Yeah, who, who else are they paying? Who the fuck is is getting? Uh, Hopefully, DeBellin's not getting fuck loads of money. Big money. <laughs> um, you have to do it. You have to try and throw overs yeah. uh, to attract some of these these big name big yeah. name guys. I, and I think the issue for them is, you know, recently, but all these clubs have thrown that dart, thrown trying to get guys to join, and it really hasn't paid off for them. But that's a, that's a function of a salary cap league. Yeah, people will take a hundred grand or two hundred grand less if yeah. you're go- going to go the other way yeah. from Jerome Luai. And go to Penrith and yep. try and win a comp. Yeah. But if you've if you've won three comps and you've achieved it all, uh, then why not let a, a, a yeah. lower pay lower club pl- pay you overs? Yeah, here's a segue of century for you. How does that then work with uh, you know a solo craft area? But this sport doesn't have a draft. Well, that leads into <laughs> it into a draft. Uh, into some draft chat. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's just a, it's, it's just a function. I, I think of, it's a function of it, of, of what the, where the league is. Uh, teams are victims of their own success. Yeah. Yes. You, if you people uh, want to poach your players, yeah, of course. And the, the you go out and win three have, comps, yeah. and lower clubs have more money to do it. Exactly. But, so the lower clubs but need. I, to get, I feel like the you know with the we talk about parity and you know trying to have have the comparable without a draft system in the NRL to kind of the young talent. Mm. As we just said, the Pendrith will just plug and play some young fella in there that they know he's got talent and they'll continue to dominate, dominate whereas the Tigers will hope that I can continue that form outside of that system um, and uh, go on to, you know, hopefully bring the Tigers back into a competitive team. But a, lot, a lot of that comes down to the, the overall club management. Yes. If you if you yes. make a list of the, the players that West have lost, that the Dragons yes. have lost. <laughs> yeah, the Roosters have nicked. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that. A lot of that comes down to that, and, yeah. oh, and okay. you can have a have a hard cap in in the NRL like we've had for a number of years. But at the end of the day, a lot of that comes down to to that squad mm. management and that list management. And look, I, I don't think a draft system is is going to happen anytime soon uh, in in rugby I, league. I'm pretty it, sure the history on that is the um, both New South Wales rugby league and um, I think it's New South Wales rugby league when they were thinking about implementing it quite a while ago. Um, uh, basically took it to the courts and said it wasn't legal to justify the, you know, limit on trade or limit on who where they can, um, uh, you know, apply. Like it's a restriction of trade or something and mm. uh, they judged in their favour and that's why there hasn't ever been a draft implemented in the NRL. Not to say they, you know, that was probably 40 years ago, uh, if not longer, that they could ha- have another look at it and um, uh, if they wanted to implement something like that. Yeah, I'd... I'd don't think it's happening. I think just that some of these, no. some so, of these clubs need to implement um, some some better people uh, running their running their books. Yep. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm going through the the best seventeen that uh, that the West Tigers have ever let go. Uh, the names Josh Adokar and yeah. James Tedesco come come to mind, um, but 
Yeah, Martin DePauw, Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, Andrew Fafino, <laughs> like they, so Robbie Farrow, they they did, you know. Get him back. Yeah, get him back for a little bit. Aaron Woods in his heyday. Um, Mitchell Moses, Moses is a big one, yeah. Like it's, it's pretty silly. Yeah. Benji, yeah, that, that. that should have an asterisk, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see the top of this list now. Blake Austin. Austin? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Bo Ryan. Oh, yeah. Um, Marika Corabidi. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the end of this list got a little bit funny, but uh, uh, obviously, uh, yeah, they just need to keep their local talent. It's a, it's a mass. You know, Campbelltown is a is a huge f- feeding area in terms of juniors. Mm-hmm. juniors. It's mm-hmm. just the club mm-hmm. hasn't been run that well. <laughs> yeah, shock. All right, let's uh, let's go and talk about a draft and yep. go south of the border briefly. <laughs> Big week in the AFL mm-hmm. uh, with the AFL draft happening Monday night. Um, no surprises with Harley Reid going to West Coast. Uh, we'll run briefly through the top five picks. Uh, Colby Kircher goes to North. North actually got two mm-hmm. uh, picks in the top five. So things I think looking up. That, that was a big storyline leaning into about uh, the, the extra support North were getting. Yeah. So they, they picked up Colby Kershaw and uh, and Zane Dersma, uh, so two two Dersmas in uh, in the AFL. Jed Walter goes at three. Nick Watson goes to Hawthorne at five. Uh, and a nice little story, I think, with uh, with mates uh, going with consecutive picks. Connor O'Sullivan and Phoenix Gothard are going to the Cats and the Giants. Um, thoughts on the AFL draft? It being televised, I think they could. Do a bit of a nicer sort of setup. It's like literally, it's like shot out of a pub kind of yeah. thing. Go watch the NFL draft and then start thinking about how you can, you know, probably make it small scale but same sort of quality of product. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the ones that obviously do it the the best. Um, you know, even the NBA kind of power pales in comparison, but at least they dry. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think you can definitely um, do some stuff leading up to it. But uh, having said that, the NFL also spends a lot of time leading up to it as well. They cover the the you know, the combine really well. They cover all the pro days. They have heaps of information. Kind of you kind of build a storyline with the guys that then go into the draft day. So you, you know who they are very very well. Versus say for the AFL, you know it's only the hardcores that know these guys, and then on draft day you know who you know are interested to see who goes where. Um, whereas most people just tune in and go, oh cool, uh, our team picked that guy. I'll, I'll go Google him and see what he's about. It's it's not the perfect comparison. Like the yeah. NFL, you've got three years of college film off <laughs> and billions and of dollars, a lot of money to go off. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, some sometimes yeah. the the comparison is is not perfect there. Yeah. Uh, but no, good luck to to all these kids. Uh, that most of them are eighteen years of age, so it's a it's a massive day um, for for these kids moving forward. Um, Harley Reid did go to West Coast. I think it was the biggest storyline kind of leading up to it. Will he or won't he, you know, being out of being to go rural Victoria, um, yeah, going across the West Coast. But he seemed all, all happy on the day. It seems like they were pretty keen. He was pretty keen to go. Some freakish sort of numbers as well. Uh, we just spoke about Connor O'Sullivan uh, mm-hmm. who was going down to Geelong. 198 centimetres and uh, his six-minute uh, uh, time trial run was like 6'10 or something. Yeah. Like freakish sort of numbers these kids are putting up at, at the age of 18. Yep. Obviously, uh, you know, in the last few years we've, we've seen, you know, guys like Nick Takos just be able to get drafted. Just walk straight and in. And just walk <laughs> walk straight in into their, their positional role. So uh, probably take a lot longer. Probably for, should have won a brown low. But yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> borderline. Uh, it'd probably take a lot longer for for some of um, you know the the, the taller, yeah. bigger body guys to, to grow into oh, their okay. bodies. But uh, some of some of these uh, smaller types, uh, if they've got these this elite fitness that we see. Coming through, uh, they they probably step right into uh, a starting uh, wing or or um, uh, on ball rotation. Yep. What's the go with uh, the Gabba? They're gonna knock it down. Yes. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting that they're gonna knock the Gabba down and uh, rebuild it as part of a big centerpiece uh, redevelopment in Brisbane. Uh, but then you got to remember the Olympics in twenty thirty two. Mm. So it's essentially, you know, it's. Was part of their um, plan as a, uh, as you know their bidding for the Olympics. They've uh, essentially just during the week they've officially officially confirmed that it's happening. They're going to redevelop the stadium. So I'm not sure when they're planning to start knocking down and when they start to build, but it's essentially to get ready for the the Olympics. So it'd probably be big enough. I believe the gap is big enough anyway for to do track and field events. But that's the point. It's it'll, it'll host a lot of their track and field. Events. The Olympics. So the article I've got says twenty twenty end of twenty twenty five will host the Ashes and then uh, and then knock it down or yeah. well I th- yeah I don't know if it's going to be completely knocked down but it's uh, or are they going to go stay um uh, not stadium but um uh, stand they go stand by stand likely to hit yeah sixty thousand people. Yeah. And Brisbane, you know, off their recent success, uh, have the member base. They are growing there. So um, the Gabba's not the biggest place in the world. but Two and a half billion dollars. My goodness. Yeah. Where are the Lions going to play when it's happening? Great question. Down the road maybe. Get Suncorp. Him in, <laughs> yeah, get him in, in Suncorp. <laughs> really make the SCG look quite big. <laughs> and, uh, not sure. Nothing. Anyways, well, the announcement during the week was as official. They probably have to work out the logistics now um, for that going forward. But yeah, the largest urban renewal project that Brisbane has seen since the nineteen eighties will also include three new pedestrian bridges, mm-hmm. eight hundred and eighty new apartments, as well as a retail and dining okay. area. So during the peak, it'll create two thousand three hundred jobs in the peak of construction in twenty twenty eight. So we're at least five years away, but. Sounds that before they'll start, but yeah, they're gonna. It's gonna essentially be a, as I said, the centerpiece of the, that um, Brisbane area. There, it's fun. Watch this mm-hmm. space, eh? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go talk some uh, some turkey. Yes. Oh, he broke his ankles. One of my favourite days on the NFL calendar mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we don't we don't really celebrate. Thanksgiving. I say we don't really. We don't. We don't celebrate yeah, it's Thanksgiving. A, it's uh, an American thing. in in this country. Uh, but it's definitely fun uh, on a Friday mm-hmm. to to watch three back to back games of football, uh, and especially fun for a Packers fan. Yes. Uh, you know, seeing them go out there and beat the Lions. I was arming and hiring about tipping them. They were paying about mm-hmm. four fifty mm-hmm. going into it. I didn't. You know, no cojones, and that and they went out and got it. What I should be looking well, at is the, is the moon. <laughs> yes, the moon. The, uh, the waxing gibbous curse continues. Yep. The Lions are 0-3 when the moon is in oh, a... 13. Uh, 13. My, Even my, worse. <laughs> my apologies. 0-13 uh, when the moon is in a waxing gibbous stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that goes back... I think I saw before like 13 years or something. Like it's, it, it's, a, it's a while. So, yeah, they've officially never won essentially on Thanksgiving, uh, the Lions. And you would have thought as a... No, when the moon is in that stage. 
Yeah, I don't think they've won on Thanksgiving. Well, I think oh, the start I saw they always was, play on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I don't think they've won in ages. Anyway, you can figure that out. Yeah. Um, but you, you look at the team. I think they were. What were they going into this? They had six six wins or seven wins. Uh, eight and two, I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were right, they were right at the top, um, and they're leading a Packers team that's got a middle of the pack, and um, you know Packers really got out to them in the early lead, and they couldn't chase them down. So. Uh, credit to the, the Packers to play really well in this. Well, I've got a lot of NFL, well, gonna, no, a lot of NFL history to to go through here. Yeah, this is in the fifties. Yeah, you go all the way. Yeah, sorry. So let me just scroll down because I'm sure the Lions always play on Thanksgiving. Yes, I agree. I agree. But so they lost to the Bills last year. Yeah. They lost to the Bears the year before. They We're lost for wins. They lost to the t- Texans the well, year I before. I think it's. I thought they I lost to the Bears the year years. before. Uh, I think you're right here. I obviously don't understand my uh, my moon cycles. Yeah. Lost to the Vikings. Beat. It's beat. The Minnesota Vikings in 2016. So obviously not a waxing gibbous uh, moon cycle. Still that's. Smoked the Philadelphia Eagles. Eight eight years since the last. Beat the Chicago Bears. So they had some success in the the Mm. mid-2000s. Mid-2010s, I should say. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah, if you understand waxing gibbous and its cycle and full moons and whatnot, send us through you uh, some uh, some full moons. <laughs> Maybe into my DMs. <laughs> Love to see them. Anyways, let's talk about some football, something we do understand reasonably well, yep. more so than moon cycles, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, massive upset and yep. the Packers really started well. Jordan Love playing out of his skin. Yeah, it's probably the best game Jordan Love's played um, this season. Didn't turn the ball over. Big thing when when he doesn't turn the ball over, things tend to happen uh, that that um, are conducive to winning football games. Yeah, I feel like they got Christian Watson more involved in the the, the game plan in this one. Very um, much so because he was on my bench. Uh, <laughs> in so you know ipso facto, especially uh, where he lives at the moment, he does live there, <laughs> and for the, the most part of the season, he's yeah, been fine on my bench because yeah. he hasn't had uh, hasn't really lived up to the hype. Romeo Dobbs and mm-hmm. uh, Jaden Reed. Reed of, yeah, been been uh, getting the bulk of it, yeah. um, but look, uh, take a win. The uh, the Lions, you can't really fault their their offensive effort. Uh, a bit maybe questionable coaching. Dan Campbell calling mm, that fake punt in the yeah. in the third quarter that led to a Packers touchdown. Regardless, the Lions will be playing uh, playoff football, you'd imagine. But it really heats up the NFC North. Yes, the Packers never say never, baby. No, none of They're five days. and six. They play the Chiefs next week, so you probably can't imagine they win that game. Although it is at home, it is at home. Mahomes hasn't been home anyway, and it look, is getting a bit cold. So look, I'm not chalking that down as a win, but check no, out this no. run home at Giants, Bucks, at Panthers. Yeah. Bucks have been so so. I think Vikes, Bucks are comparable team to uh, the Bucks, but yeah, without uh, uh, of that list you said, I think the Bucks and the Vikings would be the most competitive games they'll have to play. I think they'll win all the other ones. I, I think they do. And if they go four and two, yep, there's a, there's a good chance they play playoff football. It doesn't help that the Vikings are also playing really good. So yeah, yeah. that uh, that uh, penultimate game at Minnesota will be uh, pretty important for the Packers. I agreed, agreed. Cowboys kick the shit out of the Commanders. Uh, that's, Ooh, yeah. the, that's the 12th win in a row at AT&T Stadium. Zach's uh, been on fire of like two. So yeah, yeah, been really good. Yep. They've got to sort out this – Really good at home, really ordinary on the road yeah. kind of shit. But yeah. uh, at home, geez, they look like world beaters. Mm-hmm. Their offense at home is electric. Yep. You know who else is electric? They're on Bland, fifth 
defensive His touchdown. His name's not electric, but yeah. no, Deron Boring. <laughs> yes, Deron um, lacks flavour. Yes, yeah, shit surname, but anyways, uh, mine has two Z's and two L's in it, so you know. And your first name spelt wrong. Apples and oranges. <laughs> <laughs> missing H. Oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Well, I can't talk of Mr. Scene over here. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, phonetically, yours yours does not make any sense. Yes. That's uh, down to the fucking Irish. <laughs> we digress. Um, Deron Bland is the record holder for the most mm-hmm. defensive touchdowns in a season and he's got, mm-hmm. what, six games to play? Yep. Uh, can he win Defensive Player of the Year? That, that's been that's our big the big point. question, yeah. Uh, I think you might want to check the, the live odds, but he's uh, still very far out there. But I think um, – 12 to 1. Well, I checked this yeah, afternoon, 12 there, bucks. There you go. So um, I think that's excellent value. Uh, the problem is I think it depends on what Miles Garrett, I think he's probably banked the competition – uh, who gets uh, Russell tomorrow who's been sacked a lot. So expect a couple of sacks to be added to his 13 and a half already on the season. But uh, just looking at Bland's numbers compared to Gilmore, who's the last corner to win um, uh, the Defensive Player of the Year, and his number's already comparable, if not better, mm. um, especially on the defensive touchdown side of it. Um, but if he's got seven picks and five touchdowns, um, if he ends up with um, the projected at the moment like – if he gets another three picks and uh, can score another two touchdowns out of that, you know, if he get ten and seven, like I, I don't think he can doubt it because he's he's almost essentially double what the record for defensive touchdowns was. So um, that it's very high. It's fourteen. Yeah, no train got it, and there's heaps of thirteens and elevens. So anything recently though, anything in the two thousand? Nothing modern over eleven. Yes, yeah, eleven's the, the highest. And a lot of people got 10. So, mm. um, And of that, uh, Champ didn't win it when he got 10 and Asante Samuel equaled him in that same year and didn't get it. Um, so uh, the picks themselves maybe not, but I think the defensive touchdowns is the big thing. And Well, that's an interesting point. Yeah, because that, that record is very old. The only other person that got four recently was 1993 with Eric Allen. Um and blokes in the seventies as well, Jim Kearney and Ken Houston. Mm-hmm. None of those guys won Defensive Player of the Year. Yes. So I think you have to consider consider that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he's close. Is what I'm getting at. You know, if he keeps this run going with you know games to go, if he hits those projections, say he has seven defensive touchdowns, touchdowns and, and twelve picks. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can doubt him. Even mm. even if Miles. If Miles gets a sack record, it's it's over. Give the man the ten thousand dollars. It's over. I still sacks are it, dude. The sack true, record is huge, but seven touchdowns is crazy. Well, I'd love to be <laughs> like forget that. Even five touchdowns is crazy. I, I would love to be back. discussing it, but uh, I think if 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 Garrett gets the sack record, like if he his. if he sneaks it, like if he equals it, no, if he sneaks it by half, I just don't think it's fun. If he blows really? it out of the water, if he gets twenty five, like yeah, okay. So if Miles Garrett has twenty three sacks, yeah, that's funny. And Deron Bland has one more defensive touchdown. Yeah, TJ, what got it a year or two ago? It's not that cool of a record anymore. He's also coming from a bloke that used to play defensive back as well. Maybe, maybe a touch of bias there. Yeah. Uh, well, let me get the, there's some other names to consider as well because Michael yeah. Parsons and TJ Watt are having great seasons. Yeah, as true. Well. I think Max Crosby's probably having the best se- season so far out of um, a defensive. You know, pass rusher, but he's playing 16s. If you yeah, want to jump but, on that, but but um, uh, you know, his his way he plays the run doesn't really come into to the conversation for Devin's player of the year. Unfortunately, yeah, fair doesn't fair. show up in the stat book too much. Um, but yeah, I think he's been having a really really good year. It's fun. It's fun. We'll, we'll see what happens. And they are just projections. He may just finish now. That could be his last yeah. pick for the year. How, how's it? How 
uh, bad's the wrong word. Um, how awesome is the Cowboys team if they had Diggs as well? Like Diggs and one time planned. Like they've all, they've found a direct replacement and he's out there um, doing bits. So remember um, a few years ago when the Cowboys defense was a laughing stock? Yeah, <laughs> and they just week in week out just put up mad fantasy numbers, keep teams down, and uh, they look. If it wasn't for the Eagles, uh, you yeah. might, we might be talking about uh, yeah. them being the best team in the in the NFC. Yeah, and I think they. Was it Darius Leonard got cut during the week um, from the Colts and they've been looking at him to potentially come in and help sure out their middle linebacker spot. Um, he's been down a bit of sacks, um, down, sorry, in, in his stats. Um, has been a few recent injuries, but he's like a full-time pro bowl. Yeah, why did he get that. cut? Uh, he, he wasn't getting enough snaps. So they were, he wasn't playing as like a three-down linebacker. Mm. So he wanted, he obviously voiced his displeasure and they said, sure, we'll, we'll cut you and you go join on, see if you can join on with someone else. I did just say uh, the Cowboys might be the best team in the NFC. We need to also talk about the <laughs> 49ers. Yes. Uh, CMC. When they're all healthy, it's a very dangerous team. They're elite, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, CMC was just <laughs> ripping off touchdowns for fun, 114 on the ground, two tutters. Five catches. Uh, they they look pretty electric. Did have that little wobble in the middle of the year when they yeah. lost three, three that, in a that's, row. That's when you know Kittle, Debo were all banged up a little bit. Brock was a bit banged up too. You know they didn't have. I think no Bosa as well for some of that. So mm-hmm. you know without yeah, all their talent, that. with all we you know with some of those guys kind of falling down, they obviously it really impacts their their scheme and their their structures and the way they want to play. Um, but, you know, when they're all healthy, uh, they are very, very hard to beat. And the Seahawks is kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. Um, we're essentially just trying to throw it deep to DK and open for the best <laughs> for most of this game. And, they look ordinary. And they did they? look very ordinary. Um, they punted a lot. Mm. Dolphins-Jets played in the first ever Black Friday game. Interesting mm-hmm. that the NFL's never thought to expand mm-hmm. on this market. You know, big, big Four, four day weekend for a lot well, of I guess people generally like after yeah true, but uh, after Thanksgiving Friday most of them are all hammered. So <laughs> let, let the good times roll. True, true. Baby. Just get back on the horse, get stuck in. What do you think Boxing Day is? True, true. Anyways, uh, good for us. Saturday morning, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, viewing slot for us. Yeah, it's a shame about this Jets offense. Um, Tim Boyle comes in. Yeah. Zach Wilson, uh, you know, getting demoted. Uh, when is Aaron Rodgers going to be back? He's, he thinks soon. Uh, I think he, they caught him on the hot mic joking about December, but I think it's more likely going to be January. So it'll be like – Why? Yeah. Why come Why come back for two games? You know, yeah. four or – doesn't – may, Maybe if they're in playoff contention, but the way they're playing, then they're not going to be. So Well, we need to talk about that. So they play the Falcons. They play Houston. That's two winnable games. Win, play Dolphins again. Shouldn't win that. Bucks – I think they're pre- like I think they're kind of middle pack like the Bucks team is and then at Giants. And so Giants, they should beat the Giants. So looking at that, why would Aaron Rodgers come back to play one game against the Giants? Like just yeah. just put a line through the season. Yeah, it's done. Just get healthy. Yeah, that's that would be my thoughts. Uh, for me, as someone that works in physical therapy, I have found the the whole re- rehab mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. fascinating. Uh, so he's had this um, this speed bridge surgery. They mm-hmm. they put in mm-hmm. these two micro. Uh, cuts in uh, either side of the Achilles mm-hmm. uh, and then essentially sew it all up with this speed bridge 
um, externally um, without having to have a huge incision down the back of his Achilles. Yeah. So that's uh, how they've had that going. Plus, f- you know, a few little dolphin yeah. noises he spoke yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. listen to those. F- for me, looking at it, um, ex- externally, I've got no idea. I've never met Aaron Rodgers. Mm. That may come as a surprise to you. Um, I-, I can't see a world in in where it makes sense for him to be back this season. Uh, and I just don't think he should rush either. Yeah. Like, it's it's quite it's pretty fascinating sports um, medicine because you know twenty so, years ago yeah. when we started following his Achilles was almost like a career-ending injury. Or so yeah, well, it, it was nine to twelve months minimum. Yeah, and you know guys that were. You know, in the NFL, expecting high explosion, um, you know, get us in that. You're getting an Achilles injury um, almost ended, you know, essentially was ending careers because of, it just took so much away from you to be able to compete in that time top level. And, yeah, to see, I guess, the where everything's come from. And um, I think Adrian, Adrian Peterson's probably my favourite. ACL, of course, not Achilles. Mm. <laughs> but the way he turned around and then run for two, two around, um, 2,000 yards, like, uh, just shows the, the difference and the, the, the change in – Medicine as it just gets better, and of course, you know, money <laughs> helps. <laughs> helps. You know, you're paying these guys millions of dollars. You're making billions of dollars, and you're trying to put on a product that you want. You know, hundreds of millions of people watching and giving the hard-on money on. Uh, I think it's very worthwhile to do the research and um, actually, uh, you, know, you know, better the medicine around these elite athletes. The Adrian Peterson recovery, one of the all-time recoveries, was eight months uh, post-ACL reconstruction. Rogers would be looking at four months yeah. post-Achilles Achilles reconstruction. Well. I I don't see the point in it, uh, especially if they were to go out and lose a few of these games and yeah. aren't in, in playoff contention. I think they're going to be – maybe they get back to seven and seven, but uh, uh, even by that point they would be seven and eight. Um, so I just don't think it's worth it. Should we talk a little bit about that surface that Aaron Rodgers? No, we're just talking about did, all did, the money these guys make, and then they, did his Achilles on? They they have turf fields in in the NFL, and for those that want the difference, they, turf is we're talking synthetic versus grass, which is real. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the main reasons for that is you know the upkeep. You don't have to try and keep the, the field going. Cold weather places. Yeah, it drains really well. Like it's it's a, a lot easier on green stuff and maintenance to be able to play it. But and also as a comparison, and I'll use the Broncos. That is paid to 250k to redo the entire field um, last week to, for the remainder of the season, and they um, will probably redo it if they make it in the playoffs. And um, although they won't have any home games, so probably not. But you, you know, you're talking about maybe of half a million dollars worth of grass um, for a season. To um, me, that feels like chump change compared to like what you say, pairing Aaron Rodgers and then throws Achilles. Mm. Having said that, how crazy is that as well? To put that in into perspective, yeah. the field yeah. costs. If you wanted to redo it, it's every, grass, bro. Like every it's, yeah, but still, and you pay a couple guys to look after it. Like in comparison, it's fuck loads less than than your and you have billionaires looking. Than your franchise quarterback. Yeah, so crazy. Hey? Yeah, so we're talking about MetLife um, here, which is the New York team's home stadium. Uh, was voted during the week by players that participated in the state in the survey as the worst stadium in the NFL. Um, you know, NFLPA in the past has said that they prefer grass. All fields should be grass. Um, they did do the research into um, so that graph there shows uh, the percentage of injuries per hundred plays. 
Um, so in 2021, which when they finished this research, it was about the same. So they went with that. Oh, it caused about the same amount of injuries. But if you look back in the history and the trend in the previous years, it is slightly higher. Um, so we're looking at 0.033 for grass or an average of 0.030 something versus a, a 0.04 for synthetic. So yes, you do get more injuries on synthetic. It's probably not significantly more, but then also they're just it's uh, they talk injuries, so that probably includes broken arms, broken fingers, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be so interested to see everything goes under that. Yeah, I, I believe that from that. So, research. so the data for just ACLs, Achilles, I'd be interested to see season that. enders. Yeah, yeah I'd be I'd interested like to, to see, see that. Too. See that whether it's a significantly more on synthetic than grass. I'd um, be willing to bet a fair bit of money that yeah, it is because the main thing is there's no give and turf. No, that's that's the it's reason. a horror. It's it's. Yeah. It's not quite concrete. It's pretty it's, fucking close. It's not quite grass. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. And I've, I've played on a turf field before and it sucked. I say 100% would prefer grass um, mm. over, over a turf field. So, uh, yeah. Um, so Met, look at the names in the yeah, last so few Met years. So MetLife since 2020, what do you got there? Six ACLs, three Achilles, an MCL tear and a battalion tendon tear as well. All at MetLife in three years, in three seasons. And the names, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Sterling Shepard. Twice. <laughs> Jeff, poor fella, he's on the list twice. Jabril Peppers, ACLs. Uh, Achilles, uh, Blake Martinez, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Phillips, the one, the Which one, is the from, one that from Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, you know, some some lesser injuries with, with Garoppolo doing a, a, an ankle and Raheem Mostert, but... Mm. Anecdotally, the the evidence is definitely there that this this surface is yeah. not conducive to to the long term welfare of these players. Yeah, and you know the rhetoric. It seems funny that these billionaires don't want to cash out the extra coin yeah. to pay for fields when they pay their their millionaire players. Um, and you know, take the Jets for example. Their season's completely ruined because Aaron Rodgers got injured. Mm. Maybe the field's not one hundred percent. To, to the cause of that because no. of the angle and the way he was going down sure. and the, the mechanism. It, it, could, it could have happened on grass. Yeah. For the Jalen Phillips one was more pushing off on turf. Like it looks worse because mm. um, there's no contact, there's no one around and he's literally just pushing down. Uh, you know, whether the grass give doesn't cause that injury, who knows. Um, but Achilles with calves and the, um, the amount of workload these guys go through, mm-hmm. you know, does the field fix it? Maybe not. But uh, – <laughs> Does it help? Probably a little bit. So yeah. why not? Why not spend the jump change for the billionaires um, to to maintain these these um, grass fields? Yeah, the only other uh, variable that I could think of is weather, and it seems like a lot, a lot of a lot of these cold weather places and indoor stadiums, yeah, where they don't have the capacity to roll the the real turf well, underneath. Okay, that's, they, they can't that's probably it. the caveat. He's like, you, if we're going to use a comparison, go to Europe, go where are the guys playing soccer, mm. all the various pitches and um, take Madrid, for example, Real Madrid, um, Real Madrid, that is. They've got three different pitches that they store essentially under the stadium and they can stack them. They can rotate and pick which one they want. So they maintain like in a sp- – you know, if they were growing weed, it would be the perfect kind of environment for them. <laughs> Real hydroponics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they, they've got it so sorted out for their grass. Um, but they have, you know, the, the perfect kind of um, pitches. And, yeah, they've also put all the technology in place to be able to wheel it out so it gets sun, mm. cover it up mm-hmm. so it doesn't get um, too hot or too cold depending on the weather. 
um, and then they can, you know, pick which pitch they want to play on for that, that week's games mm. and have backups. Like, mm. yeah, they've spent billions of dollars to set it up, um, but they've put that investment for their long term. So, um, but you think, you know, most of the soccer in Europe is played on grass pitches um, um, across the board. Nearly. I, at, I, a, at a high all level, all of it. it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, those guys will have all the varying weather conditions that mm. the, yeah, the Americans yeah. will have. So, yeah, it's definitely doable. That takes if that out even out. If you want to invest yeah. in it. Yeah. Mm. It's, all, it's a money question. The home's is a money question, I think, is the way it goes. Drew Brees, interesting that this is snuck in here, but yeah, I, I think it's little, worth talking about. Yeah. So did he still be playing if he could throw with his right arm? He's 44 years of age, been retired for three years. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a, I guess, interesting statement. So I'm not sure if he's doing – I don't think he was doing any commentary this year. Um, he did in the previous year. He wasn't the best on commentary, but um, uh, which I think is the main reason why he didn't continue with it. Um, but yeah, he made some interesting comments during the week that, um, oh, he's just there you go, producer. In, interim at uh, Purdue is, is alma mater. That, yeah, of the, 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 um, toil of the playing in the NFL has essentially ruined his throwing arm, his shoulders, um, especially in his right arm that, you know, now if he plays, you know, pitch and catch in the backyard, it's with his left arm. So, uh, you know, it's. Bit of a sad thing, but I guess it goes back to showing the the, the brutality of the sport that yeah, is the, um, the NFL. And uh, I don't know, maybe go get a good labour and prepare. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just he said, and part of that statement said he actually from that surgery in in oh five. It's um, from there, like it's uh, uh, from oh five onwards. Yeah, he, so play, he essentially played with a bad shoulder the rest of his entire career, which is wild to think about. But that's what he said in his statement. So Tory's uh, labrum, which is not good, uh, in 2005, uh, additional rotator cuff damage since then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it essentially it, he said um, for the for back 15 years of his NFL career that that uh, continued to hamper him. Yep. It was interesting because he also he did an ACL as well. Mm. Yeah, and you could definitely see towards the end of his career, like he lost the deep ball. He wasn't throwing many deep balls. Mm. He's still an elite quarterback, um, getting a rip, slinging around everywhere else. But yeah, you see that he and why he kind of retired when he did because he couldn't really keep going around. Fascinating stuff. Imagine if if Brees and Brady were still kicking around. <laughs> well, to, who was the other quarterback that got injured last week? Kirk Cousins. That was the week before. No, Kirk Cousins was a while ago. Fuck. Who are you after? Um, there's been a bunch of injuries. Recent. Oh, Deshaun Watson going on mm-hmm. IR was one. Because mm-hmm. um, their defense has been playing excellent. Mm. You know, uh, who's, who's, um, who's going to get Tom Brady out of retirement to come back and potentially win a championship? Yeah. Who, who's kind of ready to go? Yeah, everyone's been talking about the Jets since Rogers did his, but obviously they didn't coax him out. Uh, the Browns were one during the week that they got injured. I feel like there was another one, though. Joe Barrow? Yeah, Burrow was probably the other one. Yeah, do you want to go join the, the Bengals sling around? So, yeah, they were the two. Watson and Burrow were the big ones from last week. Um, yeah, more teams that could probably do with um, Tom Brady if he's keen to go around and try to win another championship. But uh, I think he's happy um, on the sidelines getting ready for his um, commentary gig next year. Yeah. Um, get paid I'm, fucking shit. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Reply to our emails, Tom. <laughs> 
Um, should, should we, we have a with your full moons, please? <laughs> Chat. Uh, should we have a quick look at tomorrow? Yeah, might as well. So speaking of Joe Burrow, uh, isn't suiting up for the Bengals. They'll have Jake Browning and going up against that pretty nasty Steelers defense. defense. Yep. That AFC North is looking pretty hot. Uh, mm-hmm. The Steelers will be going without Matt Canada, who yep. got fired. Right. Was their offensive coordinator? It's an interesting little tidbit there. Mm-hmm. First mm-hmm. time they've made in-season coaching changes since 1941. Yeah, they don't do it often uh, to that point. It's been a very, very long time. It's just their, pa- their passing offense is putrid. Yeah, they run like, really with, with Jalen Warren, like two-headed running back yeah. kind of backfield. Has sort of looked okay at times. Yeah, but well, they've handed the job essentially over to Warren. Um, mm. Said that he's the they started going forward. Um, so Harris kind of chucks in when he can, but. Uh, I it'd be interesting. I think this might be a good move in their favour and see if it opens up the offensive or whether they take a few more shots downfield to Pickens, whether they try something different. Um, I think the Steelers will just be too much for the Bengals in this one. Pats and Giants, this uh, match line is 34. Both of them stink. He's, well, playing, that- he's playing quarterback for the Pats. Is it Mac Jones or the dude that also looks like and plays like Mac Jones? Uh, <laughs> and, Bailey's happy. Bailey's happy, yes. I actually don't know. Either way. They said Mac Jones. They've won two games this year and, Mm. you know, by all reports it sounds like uh, Bilicek's on the way out and I've heard Chargers and Commanders as a potential landing spot for him. That's so weird. After 20 years. Yeah. So long and good luck. I don't Mm. recall saying good luck. (laughs) Uh, Nothing official. Nothing official. Sunday's game. Yeah, Bill Belichick won't reveal who the starter is. So. Maybe, maybe they do what they did last year where they play quarter on quarter. Uh, remember that? That's yeah, fine. That's, <laughs> yeah, drive by drive. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go Saquon in that for my fantasy team. Yeah. Panthers-Titans, the Titans have to win. They're 3-7, yep. and seven, uh, with especially with Houston playing so well in the AFC South. Yep. Uh, Derek Henry has been way unders this season. So uh, you'd, think, you'd think they win this. Yeah. I think they should be better than the Panthers, but you never know. Panthers have um, been playing better-ish. Um, Bryce Young's kind of starting to find his feet, but, he, yeah, I, I think they're still a long way away. He's no CJ Stroud. Yes. Uh, and the, who would have thought the Jags and the Texans is a fucking fun matchup. The 7-3 yep. and three Jags take on the 6-4 and four <coughs> Texans, both teams looking at, uh, mm-hmm. at playoff mm-hmm. spots at the moment. Um and kind of the opposite of uh, of Pats and Giants in uh, yep. this this one could be a high scoring one. Yeah, it'd be quite interesting. Um, outside of last week, the Jags' offense hadn't really lived up to its hype so far through the season. Mm. Um, Trevor Lawrence is kind of middle of the pack for quarterbacks. Hasn't he's good really, last week. Yeah, hasn't really been lining up, but kind of really turned it on last week. Uh, and yeah, see if they can roll into the Texans, who on the other side have switched from a heavy running team last year to. Um, a deep vertical threat passing team and um, see if they can continue that. And uh, I like what they've been doing. So In the last three weeks, Stroud's thrown for like 1,200 yards. Just yeah, got to he, get He's thrown more, more touchdowns than Kenny Pickett has in his in this season so far than Kenny Pickett has in the career. previous two. So, yeah, yeah. in his career. So um, kind of shows, you know, his growth and coming on and uh, it seems like they've really got a good one there. Bucks and Colts, both teams still alive in their divisions. Um, Rams, Cards, bit of a snooze, but we'll see how Kyler goes in his second game back. Yep, third, third game back. Third game back. Browns and Broncos, you'll be Fun. watching this one pretty interestingly. Yes, yes, Broncos back to 500 on a four-game winning streak, the longest 
winning straight in the NFL at the moment. They can make the playoffs too. Yes, they can. They're second in the West and they're in that hunt. And, uh, you know, it, I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring. And this one I'd probably bet unders uh, purely because uh, Brown's defense is going to get after to, to Wilson. I'm not sure um, how many points will come out of this. Uh, but on the flip side, the Browns have the rookie quarterback in there. Um, and Denver's defense has got 12 takeaways in the last three games. So um, I think it'll be a low-scoring defensive battle, this one. Crazy how good they've been since they got healthy. Yeah. Chiefs and Raiders. Um, Mahomes and the Chiefs still pretty good on, on paper. Uh, would have been reeling after that Philly loss. Yeah, I think we, we've hit the nail on the head with that. They just really haven't bedded down their wide receiver room. They've yeah. got so many options and just haven't really – Worked out what's working for them. Um, Some of those drops are hard to watch. Yeah, they brought Hardman back and mm. um, kind of really hasn't worked. I believe Kendarius Tony is going to be out for this game. Um, so, yeah, the main thing for them is they need um, Taylor Swift to be in attendance so, so that they can uh, get some Travis Kelsey stats, stats um, and get a win. You've seen uh, the Philadelphia backfield, how it yes. lines up? Yeah. Well, last week, um, Kels and Swift came out of the tunnel together. Mm. You know, major troll, great troll there for them. But then it's, you know, Kels hurts Swift. Swift. Yeah, so. Not a good omen. Yeah. Uh, be interesting to see what the phase of the moon is mm. for this one. Yeah. But speaking with, Eagles take on the Bills and um, oh, yeah. in a pretty, pretty good game. Bills. I don't they didn't say win, they didn't win this. Oh yeah, I, I, is it a must win? Is what I'm thinking. No, it's, I, I it's don't not think, must win, but, but they need wins. Yeah. So yeah, they they kind of had it a bit of a lull in the middle of the season. They need to right the ship and get going uh, to make a playoff run. I feel so, uh, but going up against the Eagles, who kind of struggled in that Chiefs game and um, really won it uh, in the fourth quarter, um, came back in there to, to win that game. Uh, uh, kind of shows you know where they are as well with their. More of a gritty team than they are um, a flashy team, but I feel like they were last year. Uh, I think their defense is just way better, and um, they're they're playing uh, really good uh, hard nosed football, which is the perfect time to be doing it this time of year. They they can they sh- they should be the Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, they uh, they can win games when their best receiver gets shut down, yeah, yep. and they don't play really am- well, at amazingly all. well offensively, yeah. and they can still go out and beat the defending Super Bowl champs. Yep, this is a Bills run home. At Philadelphia, by at Kansas, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas they, at Chargers, should win. Then they they get the should, Patriots. So there's a few in there, and then at Miami. So there's yeah. there's four games there that are really challenging. So say they only win those two. Well, how many wins have they got at the moment? Uh, they have one, five. two, three, four, five, six. They yeah, potentially potentially if they only win those two games. That's eight, eight, nine, eight, nine. Yeah. yeah, they probably miss out. And then well, uh, Miami probably goes through on top of them. Yeah, yeah I think, and and fair enough. The the Josh Allen turnover uh, conversation mm-hmm, has mm-hmm, to has mm-hmm, to be had. Yeah, the the bloke is an incredible talent. Yeah, we, I don't know if we've seen a, a dual threat, you know, consistently be as good as he has been over the last yeah. five years. But if you're leading the league in turnovers year after year, then Maybe something's going going yeah. wrong in that offense. The, the comparison's probably Brett Favre is like you know, as, the, as the classic kind of gunslinger. gunslinger. Yeah. You know, as long as he's scoring four touchdowns, one or two intercepts doesn't matter too much. Um, but you know, the thing is, when they're not, and uh, it it becomes a hindrance. So, uh, I think I think he's still young. He's still, of course, um, pushing his way through. I think he's still a premier quarterback. Um, 
but I feel like teams know what to do to take away his options. Mm. If you shut gigs down and don't let Davis go deep, then um, they don't really have the strong enough running game to support him. Um, and, you know, his precision passing game underneath is maybe not the best, um, which is leading to these picks. So, um, it, I, yeah, it'll, I don't know what they lack. It feels like whether it's um, like a Cole Beasley, is, is that what they're lacking? Is Gosh. it someone that just works the underneath really well for them? A little escape blanket for him? I wouldn't think so, but you know, that's the only thing I can think of at the moment that they kind of lack. They don't lack in discipline. Um, rich for me, by the way. <laughs> Ravens Chargers Monday night football. When was a uh, uh, Sunday night football? I should say. Mm-hmm. When was the last time that Chargers hosted a home primetime game? Will they host a home primetime? <laughs> Will know. there be more Ravens fans there? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Phil, if Philip Rivers and his kids don't show up, then we, we don't have the, and, and the Chargers. Congrats to him, by the way. He had his 10th trial uh, June last week, I think it was. So if he plays, then he's got a team. So he's got a full team. He's, he's cool. excited. He's done it. He's got a whole offensive team. The he dream. Can, he can come back if he wants. <laughs> uh yeah, I've, I think that's probably a caveat. They play second fiddle in that market in Los Angeles. It's, they don't have as many kind of massive um, fans as like they did say in San Diego, which kind of hurts them a bit. Um, and, but the caveat on the side is they take on the Ravens. The Ravens are um, one of the most well-known clubs for being, um, uh, you know, winning pedigree very, very often. And they're pretty close to the best team in the AFC. At the uh, that's what I wanted to ask you. The, they've been can, playing. Can they win the Super Bowl? I think they've probably got everything they need to yeah. be able to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got the receiving talent, which I think they lacked. Um, I think the big issue for them is they lose Mark Andrews. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what that does to impact um, that team because he very much is their safety blanket. And OBJ has picked up some of that slack so far, um, but whether they can go long-term when you start playing the really, really good teams. But the, when they've been playing the really good teams, they've <laughs> fucked the shit out of them essentially. Mm. Um, don't let them score points and put 30 on them. So... Uh, I yeah, I think the the Ravens can go all the way, especially in the AFC. I think they've um, don't have too many challenges there outside of uh, maybe the Chiefs. Is but that the, North is fun. Is the conversation around the tackling technique that led to the Mark Andrews injury well, worth, hip drop, hip worth drop, bringing yeah. up? Well, it sound all the reports are saying they're going to look at it in the off season and try to ban it and. I think it's going to be really fucking hard. Yeah, per- to, to, oh, that's my opinion personally. Because yeah. uh, like, go back to our NRL. They tried to do it this year, um, largely successful, uh, but also it's a very different sport where they line up correct right in front of each other, and that's kind of always where you're making your tackles. Yep, it's all it's far less you know chasing a guy from behind and trying to tackle him. Whereas the angles in the NFL, you can get tackled basically from every direction. Yep. Um, and that transfer of weight when you're trying to tackle will lead to a lot of landing on the legs. Because um, I'd say the one against Mark Andrews was less hip drop, more he, he landed on the back of his legs because yep. he's dropped his weight, not so much his hip. But then that one against, was it Jordan Travis? The one yeah, I sent in you the, the college, college football. was 100% a linebacker Florida holding State the dude. Guy. And you can see him drop his weight from his hips, mm. uh, land with his, essentially his buttocks and his legs, his legs across mm. the um, the other is legs and um, uh, he, I think Travis's legs ended up pointing in a 90-degree angle that shouldn't to be. Good. So yeah. it's not, not good. 
So like, that's the thing they want to try and stamp out, I think, more. But I think it's going to be really, really hard, especially considering how hard the league's been struggling with officiating lately and um, the amount of fines they'd be giving out for, say, lowering the helmet at the moment um, is, yeah, it's a lot of, lot of players also want the safety, but then also they want to play ball. And they're not sure, especially some of the vets been around for a while, what that looks like. The goal line situation, I think, is very dicey as well compared to the NRL. Yeah. If you're chasing someone from behind in the NRL, mm-hmm. they still have to play it in the ball. Yeah. So you can get help. Someone can slide in and try and yeah. try and yeah. help you hold them up. But if it's you yeah. and and you're chasing from behind. So you've as got a hold of the bloke. You've got to pull him down. Yeah. What do you do? I have to drop my weight. I think it's going to be difficult yeah. uh, to, to officiate in this one. And obviously, you know, the – that doesn't take away from these horrific injuries that these guys have, oh, have suffered. Not at all. Um, but but having said that, uh, and and also the yeah. N- the NFL's propensity to kind of push back on rule change as well, yeah. uh, it will be interesting to see. But it's yeah. it's uh, it's it sounds like they're going to try, and I just I don't know how they're going to be successful. Is probably my point. Yeah. It's fascinating as Aussies who have seen this whole conversation play yeah. out over the last two yeah. years um, for it to, to permeate into such a big league yeah. uh, and, and become sort of forefront in the zeitgeist over there. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, you've got a tackle that happens in-game that's hurting players and they want to get rid of it, but they don't want to talk about turf. <laughs> that, yeah, well, that also seems like a simple fix. <laughs> Mine's money versus a rule change, but anyway, anyway. Monday Night Football, the Bears take on the Vikings. Bit of a... I don't get how Bears have so many primetime games this year. Yeah, I don't know. It's big, big fan base, yeah. I suppose. Uh, that's the main thing, but they suck. <laughs> they are pretty ordinary. Yeah. Vikings have been fun, though. That, um, Josh Dobbs, let's go. It's been good. Like th- That was a pretty competitive game against Denver. Um, yeah. um, kind of the Broncos to get that one, win that late in the last two minutes of that game. So. Bro, if Elon sends a fucking um, spaceship to Mars, put Josh Dobbs on there, yeah, yeah. like... She'll be sweet. Yes. Uh, the the whole Josh Dobbs storyline has mm-hmm. been on four different rosters in the last twelve months. It's I think. been on so many teams. Uh, it's been traded twice this season. Yeah, so. it's crazy and, and it's fun. Yeah. Uh, and that, that the Vikes look better. Um, and the NFC they North? should get Jefferson back in this one. I believe. Don't get me going. Hopefully, <laughs> no, so. My whole fantasy league in two two leagues changed uh, in week five with that hamstring. Yeah. What happens? It does. It does. All right, that's the NFL for the week. Uh, let's stay in America and talk some basketball. Go for it. Curry, Curry sets, fires, puts it up. Bang! The in-season tournament uh, is drawing uh, to, to – close? To, well, to, to, yeah, to, to, to knock out to, um, games at least. The Magic uh, beat the Celtics yesterday. They go to 11-5. Mm-hmm. and five. They're second mm-hmm. in the East. Are they mm-hmm. good? It's early. It's, has it it's, early. It's, it's early. It's early. It's early. Come back to me after Christmas, bro. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we can't talk about it until after Christmas. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I think I'll, that's the caveat. I'll say yes. Yeah. I think they've, they've been looking good so far. You got the number one draft pick out there, mm-hmm. Paulo Benchero from mm-hmm. last year, going nuts. The Wagner brothers, oh. after um, the you know being crowned world champs with with Germany, mm-hmm. uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're looking mm-hmm. pretty good. I look. I'm not saying that the Magic are going to go out there and win With the whole thing. Win the whole thing. They're, they're good now, so they're good in the competitive. Could could be a top four seed, I reckon. Also, another team that was shit last year and it's been pretty impressive in the in the Rockets. They've continued yep. to impress. They're eight and six. They beat uh, that man the up there. Yeah, yeah, the Joker. Joker. 
Uh, he didn't get the triple double. That's yeah, that's just a problem. Just yeah, 30, not, 38, 19, and eight. That's yeah. a, that's a problem. You have to have too many rebounds on assists. Triple dub and and they tend to win. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about this Rockets team. Jalen Green, Aaron mm-hmm. St. Gorn, he's mm-hmm. been good. Uh, Van Fleet when he's when he's sinking them and, and dishing them out. Um, I think I think the Rockets play uh, playoffs this year, uh, mm-hmm. which which is fun for Houston fans who have been long suffering. Yeah. Texans and Rockets same year. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Bucks looking pretty good. Brooke Lopez had a had a career night. Um, they like the Cowboys, they just love winning at home and mm-hmm. uh, struggling to do it away. Uh, Dame looks like a pretty good fit, and uh, yeah. when you when your big three all score thirty plus, uh, it looks pretty good. More. The Wizards, on the other hand, I think they've won two games this year. Jordan Poole was brought over to try. And they be they a finished of a last leader. last year, didn't they? Not dead last. I think they're like fourteenth in the East, maybe. I think Detroit were last. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, the Pels might have been last. Yeah. Um, and the Grizz continue to struggle. Devin Booker had their number the other night. Um, they're just about the worst team in the West. Do you think Jar fixes them? I don't think he's going to fix them. I think he might get their record looking a little bit better, but they've still got to wait like another 10 games yeah. before before Jar's back. Um, the season will be done. Hopefully he's learned his lesson. Like I think it's cost him a playoff spot, the, the flashing of the guns. Do you think he capitalised on his talent now? As in, if you're the Grizz, do mm. you look to move on? Trade high. Yes. Oh, he's so good though. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would have hoped. What, you, what do you think like another uh, transgression? Is that a then season? Yeah, yeah I, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Three-stroke policy. Yeah. He's so if, if that's on your cards, you're just like, uh, instead of him coming back playing in a, a, a dead season essentially and the season's mm. already over by it. Potentially, by the time it comes back, if they've got twenty losses on the record, um, that uh, you know you don't want him to get hurt. Yeah, maybe you get some value in him playing. Mm. But I think he's well established in his talent to try getting it, it to looks, try hit the restart button. It looks bad, doesn't it? Yeah, you're close to one of the best players in the in the um, mm. NBA. Probably, uh, let's. Pro- I'm going to say the I'll most say, talented. Like, I'll, I'll I think say he's the, the most talented young player in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. And then you're out there. He does fl- crazy shit. And so. then you're out there trying to be a gangster, all the rest of it. Yeah. And you lose Dylan Brooks and mm-hmm. the proof's in the pudding and Jaron Jackson's trying his best, mm-hmm. but they're just not the same yep. without Jar. Um, so I think they need to look at this and and, and think. That, well, I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. It's also maybe a bit of a testament to how good he is yeah, as true. well, that he's not playing and they suck. Suck, yeah. Because I'm probably going to say it's not all because Brooks is not playing as well. Though Houston will be better. Brooks, but he's been good there. Dylan for Brooks has been good. Yeah, but whether you know, is it is it the two of them together was made why the Grizz was so good, or is was it more? Yeah. But then again, they played really well without him last year. So when he did in a yeah, few games, in a few games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Time will Do tell. You make him someone else's problem. Time will tell. He's, he's still it's still a few weeks until he's back. Yeah. Uh, that tournament update. There's a lot of teams that have gone. Pistons, Wizards, mm-hmm. Bulls to be expected. Raptors, Jazz, Blazers, Grizz, kind of to be expected. Clippers, big out. Nugs, mm-hmm. big out. Mm-hmm. Mavs, big out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spurs, Thunder to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday, we'll have to wait until we find out the the last games, uh, and then there'll be quarterfinals, semis. 
They're both regular season games, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final is uh, standalone. Yeah. Does anyone care yet? Mm, it's growing on me. It's growing on you? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. It's interesting. I, I think, think it's teams are trying more because of this this tournament yeah. set up than they normally would. Is there a reward for them? It's 500 grand a player. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. I don't know. It's better than kicking the ass. Yeah. yeah, true. Wouldn't mind 500 yeah. grand for... You know, winning winning uh, side hustle. Yeah. But winning the first quarter of the season, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we talked about it. It's uh, To me, it's kind of a um, uh, jazz up, you know, throw some makeup on it and try to make it – sell it more so you can compete with the prime, prime football, football season. Yeah. 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 College is just about to finish off. Mm. So it's kind of um, – Wolverines. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're about to go into their championship phase. Um, so you're competing with all the eyeballs on the, the football codes at the moment. So uh, I think it makes sense that they do something because most will go, you know, probably after, like we were just saying, after Christmas they'll come back in and get interested and see mm. who's, you know, 120 games and be like, okay, these guys look like they're going to make a run this year. Draymond got a five-game suspension. Uh, For the re-naked. Yeah. Choke that one. Not bad. It's a big, big choke yes. uh, on Rudiger B. It's mm-hmm. hard to get up on a big block like mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph didn't actually end up missing that much time. I think last pod we, yeah. we thought it kind of might have been a bit nastier than it was. But yeah. they've been so-so. Yeah, and he missed like one or two games, I think. They're 10th yeah. in the West. Yep. Six-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 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 I think that's been broken. I think they won uh, yesterday. Still. The other thing is the Warriors tend to do this. If well, any, they did it last year. Yeah, if any like, team can win from good? a third yeah. seed or a sixth seed, it's the no, fucking Warriors. They've got the talent. so For sure. What about Pop getting on the mic and telling the, the home fans to stop booing? Kawhi, yeah. Kawhi, 2014 finals MVP. And he was traded in 2017, I think. Went to the Raptors, won, won, won the thing them, with them. And, and then he's been at the Clippers since. Yeah. I think it was interesting, uh, you know, because you're saying, you know, we don't do that here. Um, we don't boo former players. Has been six fucking years. Maybe forget about it. But then they booed harder, harder after that when he took his next free throw. So, um, yeah, I, like it's hard to tame the crowd. You know? Yeah, the yeah, crowd exactly. does what it wants to do. Yeah, and like, they're generally going to do the opposite when you tell them to stop. Yeah, so. exactly. It's like yeah. a crowd of toddlers. Yeah, but uh, you know, no, maybe, yeah, no, true, true. But it went viral and, you know, maybe the hardcore um, Spurs fans will, will get that and then when they get to the games of the future, maybe it'll, it'll start, the the healing. But it's been a while. Um, They're not used to being shit as well. Well, that's the thing. I was like, have they only been bad since he's been gone or have they just been slowly um, Slight, going down? It was slow, after yeah. Left, yeah. yeah. It's not like he's the reason that the, the Spurs are bad yeah. But they also got a bunch of stuff in return, so it's yeah. not like they – Again, couldn't have rebuilt. But uh, going back to what we were just talking about with um, the Grizz, you know, that's always a risky trade where you have top talent and you hit the reset button and aren't successful. To me, it seemed a little disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. A man who's been disrespecting fucking defences out there, Zion. <laughs> oh, is he? Well, he's healthy. and we're just, Plays a big part, doesn't it? Yeah, and... He still looks like an absolute unit out there. Right. Uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot of like fat Zion memes last yeah, year yeah. and, you know, him going through, Burger King, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Shredded Zion is a scary, scary thing. He's just – he's so big for a basketball player. Ridiculous. Like, like, you know, he's like, oh, you might say, oh, he's not the tallest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, for his position, but, he's – But, but he, yeah, he's 
he's he, he's a fridge essentially playing basketball. Like he's so so big. Um, a fridge that posterizes. Yeah, um, and he's his last four games have been elite. I think he scored over twenty points in each one of them. Um, he's finally turning into you know the Zion that they thought they were getting when they picked him one. Um, um, health is a big thing to do with that. I think he's back. I think uh, the Pearls definitely play playoffs and uh, he's looking looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's not putting up huge numbers just yet. He's yeah. averaging 23, 6 and 4. His shooting percentage is the best it's ever been. Uh, he's about 55 from the field. So I'm liking I'm liking this sign. Uh, I'm liking these Pearls. But he looks deadly, I think, is the main thing. Yeah. You see him driving in the hoop. In the paint. Like, I don't think he's like, a, like, a, scary a, a, scarier, <laughs> a scarier opponent in the paint than, than Zion at the moment. Chris Paul uh, got ejected by Scott Foster. There, these guys have got Again. some beef that's been ongoing uh, for Paul, about ten plus years. Yeah, Paul took to socials saying something was said about his son. Yeah. Uh, we don't know; it's all pure speculation, mm. I suppose. Uh, we could probably just say they're not on each other's Christmas card list. Yeah, and a lot of people were saying that they, you know, probably should stop putting Foster on games that Chris Paul plays on, but you know, they've got a limited set for referees that they. Need to get to games and things like that, and they can't play favourites. I guess they got to do it occasionally, so they're going to have run-ins. But yeah, um, I believe uh, if you go through and look at some of his ejections, um, a lot of them have Foster in the the refereeing crew. So um, yeah, not friends there. Can't have been too bad. Didn't cop uh, any big suspensions. No. Did CP three? Uh, they were just being wordy, mouthing off each other, and. Um, yeah, you'd be mouthy to a ref. What do you think he's going to do? He's going he's to sit you down. For sure. Uh, probably the biggest story in the NBA this week. Uh, we won't touch on it too much. Uh, so many it, memes. A lot of memes, yes. Uh, but there's some pretty serious allegations um, that that have come out about uh, Josh Giddy during the week. Uh, I'm sure if you're an NBA fan, um, you, you know what we're talking oh, about. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to comment. Um, you know, it's probably, probably too early. But... Uh, yeah, and and also as Aussie basketball fans, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're we're hoping that that you know that the just allegations and um, you know none of it comes to fruition. But uh, we'll see we'll see how it all unfolds, and um, you know we'll watch this space, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's go from one round ball to another. Let's talk a bit of football. Australia is bullying um, a few Asian Cup opponents or Asian qualifiers, I should say. Mm-hmm. Put seven against Bangladesh uh, down there in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Hattrick to Jamie McLaren. Good to see Harry Suter scoring early. Mitch Duke also pretty good. Uh, did remind me of the Simpsons, you know, mm-hmm. when uh, Frank Gimes goes on a on a rant, I believe, about Homer yeah. winning a um, science fair mm-hmm. against both mm-hmm. children. Uh, and then Lenny and Carl stick up for him and say, yeah, Homer beat their brains out. You know, uh, Bangladesh being the children and yeah. Australia being Homer in, in, in that analogy. Well, at least there wasn't like 40 they put on Samoa. So. At least there wasn't 40 <laughs> that we put on Palestine. <laughs> yeah, given, true, true. given the current climate. Yes. So we'll take the 1-0 win. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The Palestinians look looked yeah. actually pretty good, played in Kuwait. Uh, Harry Suta, this is worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it also may be... Um, Proceeds what we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Twenty-two games, ten goals. Not bad for a big centre back. Yep, that's probably more Scottish than he's Australian, but mm-hmm. we'll, we will claim we'll him. Take him. Um, Everton. It's not looking good. 
They uh, broke profit sustainability regulations. They've been deducted 10 points. Bloody good thing that didn't happen last year because they, they, would have been they wouldn't be in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if they last this year, but hopefully they get Well, it drops them back to 19th. Yeah. I suppose any saving grace, maybe it's good that it happened now yeah. and uh, the bottom end of the Premier League does not look crash hot this yeah, year. They, they so should sneak out of that, but yeah. We'll see what happens. The rules are you can't. They really want to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're trying their best. I think Evidence trying their best too. Uh, 105 mil you're allowed to lo- lose, lose over three years, years and they lost well over that with uh, 125. So And what's that? They're paying players too much? Yeah, I think there's a bit of Not that. enough revenue? Yeah. So well, I guess they've been bad, so no one's turning up to games, so it's hard to make money. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I don't know. A lot of it is probably on-field performance. but right. the- I, I just saw all the jokes about, um, you know, they've been deducted points for financial reasons and there's like, everyone's like, why are you not looking at Man City? What are those guys do with their books? Don't get me started. They probably make enough money, so they're greasing a few palms, and no one's looking their way. You know the little uh, monkey puppet meme <laughs> with the eyes. It's, you know he's like kind of looking sideways. That's Man City throughout yeah. this whole whole uh, debacle. I would think. Yes, don't look at our books, please. Anyways, uh, we'll say it's it's going to be hard now for Everton. Um, you know they they cop ten on the chin, mm-hmm. uh, but it also makes the relegation race uh, really, really really interesting. Yeah, yeah, quite quite interesting moving forward. Do you want to talk Argentina Brazil? Yeah, uh, it's crazy. the The craziest thing out of all this was I, I had a double. I had, took a double take at this. Mm-hmm. I read an article and it said this was the first time that Brazil so, has ever lost at home in World Cup qualifiers. I was like. Okay. Well, that's not true. Like, that's clickbait. That's yeah. bullshit. And from all the research that I, I have come across, mm-hmm. it's the first time that Brazil's lost at home in World Cup qualifiers, which is insanity. Do they play nine. Each World Cup yeah. campaign, they play nine at home. Yes. Do they regularly play like Argentina in that in that space? Every yep every yeah. every time yeah. actually. Time. Yeah. So so the way that which uh, that, that, that adds to me, I think that's pretty impressive, but. Hey, give it to the the current world champions. Um, they, right. they they got the win here. Argentina one zero. Also insane. The crowd, a yeah. uh, bit of beef. Uh, yeah. a few. You see the Argentina players like jumping up trying to protect Argentina fans because they were getting they were getting fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. 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 So there was uh, a thousand private security mm. guards, seven hundred military police in there, kept there to you know be there to keep the peace. peace I should yeah. say. Be a big, big visual deterrent. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was a little heavy-handed. I thought yeah. I wasn't in the stadium. I, I yeah. can only go off what I saw. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they definitely don't fuck around in Brazil. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, no. Remind <laughs> me no, never to get in there and have a few uh, yeah. cervezas and, and start to run my mouth because yeah. uh, I definitely could have been on the end yeah, of you a. You barely survive in Canberra, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, a Brazilian baton <laughs> to the teeth. Um, yeah, just learning all the swears that I that I just learned in in um in Spanish, puta madre, etc. Anyways, check out the footage if you haven't. Uh, it looked it looked pretty insane. Uh, we 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 spoke oh, a few few weeks ago now mm-hmm. about India and Pakistan and, mm-hmm. and the rivalry mm-hmm. that, that that comes with that. Yeah, Argentina and Brazil. Jeez. Yeah, in a country rivalry, it's, yeah, especially Zoho, that's one of the biggest. It's up there. It's up there. So Argentina did win the game 1-0, apparently the first time that Brazil's ever lost in World Cup qualifying. It also speaks to how monumental it was for mm-hmm. Germany to go there in the in the World Cup a few years ago and put seven, seven on them at, at, at home, home. Yep. Yeah, given how rare it is for them to lose at home. Yep. 
Uh, EPL overnight. Yeah, let's, happened? yeah let's run briefly through Ooh, it. Uh, massive, cool. yeah, massive game between City and Liverpool. Kind of underwhelming result, but uh, mm. one all. It's it, it's actually good for the league, and we'll get to that in in a in yep. a minute in terms of uh, the table. Erling Haaland, the fastest ever to fifty EPL goals. Mm-hmm. Um, absolute bludger uh, of a kick out from from Allison. Real luck, like, like vibes of my driver <laughs> right off the toe. <laughs> Went right, sort of got caught in the wind, spun mm-hmm. backwards a little bit, went to City's left mid, put Erling Haaland through, and um, he he takes care of business there. Uh, and then a bit of a bit of a stalemate um, until uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. I think his fourth goal for the mm-hmm. for the season, not bad for an outside back, um, uh, with the most Salah assist, uh, which which really paved the way uh, for Arsenal to to go to the top of the table. A few games before that, um, Newcastle are legit. Yep, they're Ooh, fucking yeah. very good. Four one over Chelsea. They but is that also Chelsea bad? Yeah, yeah. Chelsea have have played well uh, in in the last month. Yeah, better uh, this year than they did last. That is true. Defensively, Chelsea are bad. I'll yeah. I'll say it. Uh, the Magpies they they could have had six mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hitting hitting the bar on a free kick and a a bee stick off a header away from being six. Um, that Alexander Isak is very good. Um, yeah, they they just they just looked unreal. Reese James did cop a red card about uh, 70th, 80th minute, which probably didn't help. But uh, Newcastle definitely uh, putting their foot forward to to play Champions League again this year. Yeah, and uh, that money is working well for them. Yeah, Saudi money goes, <laughs> goes a long way. Luton got a win, a pretty rare win for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably the talking point from this for for, for me and and sort of following uh, some of, some of these lower games uh, just in terms of an interest point of view is this uh, mm-hmm. Michael Elise uh, from Palace losing side down the right wing cuts it back cuts it back bang on the left foot puts it in the in the old onion bag he's very good he's uh he's twenty one he's been through Chelsea and Man City's mm-hmm. academy he's played France for France at mm-hmm. under eighteen and under twenty one levels. Uh, and he can play for whoever he wants. Yeah. So France, England, Nigeria, Algeria. Probably tend to think he might choose France or England. Yeah, yeah. If you want to win a World Cup, I'd probably pick France. He could, he it's could, never coming home in England. He, well, <laughs> and he could probably captain those other two teams if, if he wanted True. to. Uh, I think he's probably way too good to be at Crystal Palace uh, yeah. for much longer. So keep an eye on him. But Luton getting getting uh, the win in their little little mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. Cozy home home uh, home ground of ten thousand people. Uh, so again, Everton need to need to watch out uh, yes. the the relegation race. Uh, the that Luton have a win there. Uh, some other results overnight: Brighton get a win overnight. Forest, Bournemouth beat Sheffield, West Ham beat Burnley, and Arsenal go to the top of the table with a one 0 win away at Brentford. Eighty uh, ninth. Mm-hmm. Minute winner Kai Havertz, I think, finally gets on the board as a gunner. Uh, pretty good uh, ball from uh, from Saka to put it on his head. Uh, so with that City Liverpool draw, draw. yep, um, twenty eight and twenty nine. Yeah, um, they go to the top. So thirteen yeah. games in, which is close to a third. Mm-hmm. Let's call it a third of the it's way third, through yeah. the through the season. Uh, so the Gunners sit on top, uh, away from City and Liverpool. Then a little drop down to Tottenham. Then Aston Villa, the villains have been playing playing yep. good football. Uh, Newcastle, Brighton, Man U, West Ham. Mm-hmm. 
And then a bit of a drop down to Chelsea. Chelsea. Did say that they've been playing pretty ordinary. Uh, they currently sit tenth. Uh, we'll jump through. Uh, the the middle of the table, down to the bottom, which now becomes quite interesting. So Luton with that win, four points clear of Sheffield. Yep. Everton should have 14 points, around four. Yeah. So uh, this, and, but they asked for five points for home Luton, so a little bit of work to do. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I, I don't still know. attainable though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a death sentence for them, but it's made things very, very different. Yeah. They would be sitting uh, 14th if, mm. if it hadn't have happened. Mm. Do it to Man City. <laughs> Take 20 off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'll ever open those books because <laughs> it's too much money. Yeah, there might be a, uh, a few uh, bodies in bags if, uh, if that was. It's an interesting rule now to think about it because take a team like Luton, yeah. uh, probably doesn't make that much money. But they, got, they get heaps for coming up. Yeah, but then, you know, but it's on losses. So they won't ever lose that amount. But well, they, they, they could run out a, like a 100 million loss. Because they've come up, but they won't over yeah, hit, three years. Yeah, but they won't hit that. Yeah, if they stay for three years, but I they think, won't hit that metric. Yeah, it's a, I just think it's I think. Well, I think it probably. Look, and this is. I'm just speaking out of my ass here. I've got no yeah. idea about. I don't know how to run a small business, <laughs> let alone true. run Everton. <laughs> um, I think it, it's really to try to disincentivize some of these big clubs to be bad for a long period of time, yeah. which is what Everton's done. Yeah, well, take take like Newcastle for example. You know, you spend the money, don't think it's just a play toy, play with it for a couple of years mm. and then be like, yeah, I'm done, I'm just, I'll hold on to it. Mm. It's just, no, no, if you're going to be involved, you've got to be invested and you've got to spend the money. It's going to be interesting. A lot of our chat last year was will Everton get relegated mm. and, and probably a lot of our APL chat this year will be yeah. will Everton get uh, get relegated. Do you know who they're owned by? Yeah, uh, so their old owner, I think he, he was a, that, that type – uh, no, no, that was a lesser guy. No, actually, no, no, no. Um, Farhad Moshidi. So was, I think, owned British-Iranian businessman based out of Monaco. Yeah. Oh, I think they bought a bunch in this Russian company and yes. lost a bunch lost through a f- that. That's probably why they're struggling financially. Because mm. that all went down to shitter. Anyways, uh, sports podcast, less so a business yeah. podcast. Certainly not a geopolitics podcast. So, yeah. So a lot of the extra backing, and when you think about how much they've lost in the last three years, and how, how much money they've um, had uh, disappeared, uh, like okay. they don't not getting extra backing that might be covering their differences. So a few dodgy deals from Russian billionaires, perhaps. Yeah. Okay, allegedly. Allegedly. All right, let's run it into a quick pretty, final one. Pretty brief yeah. final round. Not heaps in the UFC world to talk about. Outside of a really fun uh, free card, which happens next week. Mm -hmm. Looking at this card, look, there's no there's no superstars on this card, but there's a lot of rank dudes though. There's a former champ on there. Mm -hmm. There's uh, yeah, like you say, a lot of lot of rank guys. We are the, the main events, you know, kind of. Trying to push to the top of the lightweight division to potentially get you a chance at a title fight. Which is uh, Benil Darush versus Amen Sakurian, yeah. Jalen Turner and Bobby Green yeah, so at lightweight. Turner's uh, – because this was Dan Hooker. Hooker had to pull uh, out because he, yep. he hasn't recovered from his arm injury. Yeah, so nasty break in yeah. his arm, wasn't it? So Turner comes in as a replacement on short notice for Bobby Green. And again, they're like, you know, ranked around the 10s. 
um, kind of pushing into the into that the top ten of the lightweight division. Uh, bantamweight, fun. You got Feggy there as a former champion, former champ. taking on Font. Um, got some top, you know, kind of. It's actually interesting though. Gaslam there in welterweight, mm. continuing his run there. Uh, takes on Sean Brady, and I'm not sure about the middleweights in this, but that's a that, fun card. That, that in itself for a free card, I think, is yeah. is fun. I I feel in, if there if there was a big headliner, it is in Vegas, so that maybe that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, if there was a big headliner, that's a that's pretty close, close to, to a PPV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Put a, work a title fight on that, and yeah, you're very very close to it. So that's a bit of fun. Uh, that'll be Sunday Sunday, Sunday morning our our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else in the boxing world that's worth chatting about? You obviously uh, shouted Nikita. Nothing coming Nikita up. Zoom. Uh, looks like Wilder's going to do a, a PFL fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bit, bit of chat about that. You know, does he take on Francis and the heavyweight division? The PFL just had their million-dollar championship fights, so the winner of their tournaments essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, all, all the winners of that got um, a million dollars, so the six of them, and they all got their mil. Um, but, yeah, there's not a lot happening in the boxing world and not till we get to Edwards, um, uh, Colby Callington as the, the next real big pay-per-view. Yeah, still got a little bit to wait. I think that's three weeks away. So, so we'll preview that on our yeah, on our next pod. Quiet time. I don't think there's anything really happening. All the big boxing fights have already happened. Like they mm. a lot of the, um, a lot of those big name guys have had them, and they're kind of now preparing, I guess, for the next round. Hopefully, hopefully we get the next round of big um, boxing fights. We spoke about Engano Fury last last pod, didn't we? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Engano should. Should push to have another boxing one. One of the divisions match. ranked him tenth in heavyweight division. Yeah, like, so, like pick someone. So he, he's legit ranked now. So if he does do a rematch, he could also potentially win. Well, if Fury had that belt, could win that belt. But even um, if he dropped yeah. down and, and fought someone that's like ranked like eight or something and, yeah. and pieced him up, fuck, that'd be good for his career. Yeah, I think he probably could smoke a lot of money. I think he's announced himself there that he can definitely have a fight against one of the guys. Um, it's actually what's interesting. It is Wilder and Joshua just announced their fights. Mm. Have um, we got a date? But it's not against each other. Ah. So they're fighting on the same card, same night, not against each other. Ah, bullshit. Yeah. So let me see if I can find the fight card. Oh, uh, Joseph Parker. Yeah. Yes. So the Kiwi. Yeah. Right. We'll claim him. Joseph Parker. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Russell Crowe kind of uh, shit there. Um, so, yeah, he gets Joseph Parker and Joshua is fighting on the same card against someone else. Uh, but are you just going to tell me? Um, yeah, versus Otto Walling. So December 23. So that's probably the next real big one um, in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia sorry. Uh, they're going to have that big um, card with the two big heavyweights. It's just funny that they're on the same card, uh, not fighting each other. And because I remember at the press conference asking Wilder about it, he was just like, I have no idea. Mm. He's just like, I'm, I'm more than happy to fight Joshua. And Joshua was um, kind of nonchalant, uh, kind of saying like, hey, he didn't want he didn't want none of that smoke uh, is what they're alluding to. So, yeah, a bit interesting. And it looks like Fury versus um, Zerushchek yeah, is oh, yeah. going to be early next year, maybe February. Yep. From memory. Crazy so. that uh, the Saudis are getting more of these big name boxing cards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a theme money, moving forward. Money, money, money. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a sport they want to get involved in and 
it's kind of, I guess, a sport that sort of works in that part of the world as well. Um, you know, an air-conditioned uh, arena, enclosed arena um, that doesn't require like grass or anything like that, mm-hmm. or, like a, a pitch, turf. Or turf, turf, yeah, ACLs, <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, even still, having said that, fighting ten rounds in that heat is still not the best. So, do you want to? Talk briefly about the race in Vegas. Yeah, well, we can close off very quickly about F1. Bastian um, Vettel. Yeah. Had the race actually. The race eventually. actually was really good. And the design of the course I thought was, um, yeah, maybe it's not the best for pure racing, but from a visual perspective, Fun. it's a very quick course. Mm, like a lot, yeah, a lot of the lot of the corners are very high paced and very fast. So you carry a lot of speed throughout the entire course. So um, when you're watching it, the cars have definitely moved around a lot. So I thought overall the race itself was pretty good, and uh, um, I think it's a, a definite track they can use uh, going forward. Besides, you know, the couple of hiccups they had. Um, the um, grid walk was as cringy as we thought it would be. <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of fun. It's it's still fun. But it's it's, heaps of celebs. Yeah, heaps of celebs there. Um, not a lot of them know who Martin Brundle is or wanted to talk to him, but um, it, it was still, uh, you know, it was a fun event and we kind of saw what it is. And I think next year if they come back and do it, the timing, maybe bring it forward an hour, do a nine o'clock race. Um, you know, it's still early. Like I think it's still six or seven o'clock in the morning. Um, for the UK viewers, mm. but even now I think it's just benef- more beneficial to the locals mm. and you can build your reckon around it. You know, having everything after midnight I think kind of ruined it and the race kind of finishing after midnight, again, local time kind of ruins the the, um, the atmosphere for the people attending. Mm. Um, but overall I think the race was excellent. Lando had a really big crash, but it was all good. Um, and uh, the Leclerc the dive at the end to steal second place from Checo Perez was um, was was one of the better moves um, seen this year. So it uh, was very impressive. And then the last race, Abu Dhabi, is tonight. That starts in about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Max on pole, shock. Yeah. Uh, big thing for us, Os- Oscar will start third. Yesterday for, our, um, for the Australian viewers. Um, so that'll be pretty fun. Uh, Ricardo starting way down. Um, everything's basically sewn up besides second place in the constructors. Um, it's four points between Ferrari and Mercedes and with Ferrari, um, well, Leclerc's ahead and then uh, Russell and Hamilton are ahead of Sainz. Uh, it'll be pretty fun but everything else is kind of really decided at this point. Maybe f- the fourth place is a bit of a battle there. But outside of that, um, that's about racing. Um the only other interesting thing is Albon out-qualified Logan Sargent every race this year, which is the first time it's happened since Max Verstappen did it to Albon in 2020. So, mm. um, you know, returning serve there a little bit. Uh, and that's F1. Last race, all done, dominated by Max Verstappen. You've been F1 uh, aficionado for a lot longer than I have. Um, mm. Is this the most one-sided season that you can remember? No, I th- there's a few Mercedes seasons where Hamilton was just that good um, as well. Uh, and, you know, the same sort of conversations they have being about parity and, you know, is it good for the sport? And Red Bull, to their credit, have come roaring back and Mercedes kind of struggled with the new ground effects designs of the cars. So Red Bull's the ones that have got done the best um, and it's up to the others to catch up. And there's been moments, like Leclerc I think has had six poles this year, so he's had potential to win races. 
It's just uh, Max and that Red Bull have just been in, in a class of their own. Um, so will it change much next year? Hard to say. Probably. I think it'll be more of the same. I think – I don't want to wait until 2026 when all the new regs comes in as a change because that might be too long for the sport. But I think um, – I'm hoping it'll be a little bit more competitive next year. All the rumours um, during the week about uh, Hamilton um, and uh, he said, she said about who asked who about um, uh, when they had, um, uh, you know, um, the report was Hamilton asked Red Bull if they had a seat available for him essentially. And he's saying that, you know, they approached him and they and they say, no, we talked to your father about it and kind of going back and forth. But... I think you know Hamilton's kind of getting towards the back end of his career. He wants mm. to compete. He wants mm. to compete with Max, and yeah, if he can get in that Checo car and compete with him uh, in like machinery, that'd be quite interesting. But I just don't see it happening um, in, in the near future. Uh, I don't think it's hurt the bottom line of the sport. That's for sure. No, no. I think they've still done really, really well. Um, yes, they probably wanted to be more competitive, uh, but I guess it's probably more on the other teams. They all have the same sort of budget now that they can at least put the cars together and. You know, Hamilton and Alonso are still uh, – we've still got the 20 best drivers in the world. Mm. Like um, they are comparable. It was just, yeah, Max and his machine have just been better. Finish it off. Minwoo Lee uh, wins the Australian PGA Championship up there at Royal Queensland Golf Club. Uh, it was up there about this time last year, the 17th. Uh, if you haven't – Yeah, if you haven't been to an Australian um, – Golf event, uh, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the rugby boss, I think. Um, stood down, yes. Yeah, so it's confirmed stood down. Yeah, I think he's quitting. Uh, so there was a, a letter that went round uh, from all the different rugby, oh, okay. state state rugby unions for him to, to step I saw, I saw down. something from the 18th. He's been given a new deadline. Okay. So Hamish McLennan, uh, a, bunch, a bunch of the state – um, oh, it's his former Ross, so yeah, I think he's, he's so he's, he's gone. So yeah. interesting, um, you know. Obviously, on this podcast, we're a bit more league focused, but uh, have been keeping an eye on the the shit show that has been uh, the ARU for for quite some time. Yeah. So. I love the um, uh, the Joseph Sawali um, claim they've made that paying him five mil, they've um, got fifty mil back in um, say revenue he's generated for interest in rugby. Um, considering he hasn't played a single minute for them yet, uh, mm. I think it's a bold claim, but uh, I think it's more as like uh, stop looking at our books. We're good. Uh, we're not a failing league that's going to collapse in the next year or two. <laughs> Bro, this is so much cap. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's 100% cap. There's no way um, he's generated 50 mil one. Joseph Suwali. He's not selling 50 mil worth of jerseys <laughs> and no one's tuning in. So Joseph Suwali has already generated $50 million in publicity for Besiege Code amid ongoing speculation around the deal. What's that? Everyone opened their phone up and watched an ad while they tried to figure out what rugby was? $50 million. <laughs> Where the fuck's he going? Yeah, it's massive cap. In other news, uh, Pepsi has a small nose and Sean is really good at saying people's names. Yes. That'll wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much to those uh, that have tuned in, uh, whether it's been live or uh, during your week. Hopefully you're having a good one. I think we'll be back in about a fortnight. Uh, and then we'll see uh, running into the silly season, uh, how how we travel. Uh, Monks is still 
doing the daddy daycare. Daddy. He won't be far off. He might be making an appearance in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate all our listeners, we appreciate the Australian cricket team and oh, uh, going out there and and um, doing what you do and win big games uh, and hopefully it's not too much of a drag, these T20s, um, which the second one uh, should be kicking off shortly. If it's not raining. <laughs> which it probably is. Righto, we'll catch you in a few weeks. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. See ya.